The Angsty Christian Podcast is a mature show that deep dives into the problematic aspects of the modern church. Some content might not be suitable for all listeners. Content warnings can be found in the episode description. Sup, bitches and bitchettes and bitches between. It's the Angsty Christian Podcast. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, yeah. Fucks, uh, fuckettes, and fucks between. Yeah. Um, we're, we're coming in with... Uh, we're coming in with uh, interesting energy today. Uh, well, first of all, hi, I'm Jake. I'm your very, very pissed off uh, Playboy magazine uh pretty pal <laughs> playboy magazine pretty pal yep that's me i'm your playboy magazine pretty pal and i'm pissed off uh fun fact about me um fuck scotus that's my fun fact <laughs> that's love it. it love it that's all you need from me this week yeah well, what's up, nerds? Uh, this is at Nerdettes and Nerds Between. That's what I'm going to start saying. Nerds, Nerdettes, and Nerds Between. Uh, this is your chaotic bisexual bully dad, Daniel. Um, fun fact about me this week. Um, Jake already said fuck Skoda, so I'm not going to just say that. I'm going to say again, once a fucking again, fuck you, Greg Abbott, in particular. Yeah, Greg Abbott. Because, of course... Uh, no, yeah, I'm gonna say this before the fucking fucking news because we're gonna get into the fucking news soon, anyways. But after the so, fucking soon for Wade, us, yes, soon for <laughs> us, not for you. Um, you guys got like two hours. Um, but for <laughs> <laughs> fucking after the fucking Roe v. Wade shit, guess what? Fucking Texas said, "Oh, hey, guess what? We're gonna also try to pass a bill that makes it so that every fucking indigenous person who has a kid, it gets taken and puts into the fucking foster care system to be adopted by white people." Thank you. Thank you, Greg Abbott. You can kiss my ass disrespectfully. Fuck you, Greg Abbott. Just, like, hold on, like, strap on, like, massive fuck you. <laughs> yeah, no, you're, you're, a piece of, you're a piece of fucking shit. So, anyways... <laughs> yeah, we're, we're anyway, angry today, you know. Yeah, uh, we're, yeah, we're angry today, but... I do have to say that the interview that we have lined up for you today is absolutely wonderful and is not going to be talking about um, the uh, American bullshit that we're going through right now. Uh, not until not until after the interview are we going to be talking about all that. But, oh boy, trust us, we will. There's mention of it. There's a, I mean, there right. is mentions of it. Um, There's a slight mention. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's related, but in a... In a way that still feels like a breath of fresh air, if that makes sense. Kind of. Okay, so first, before we say anything, uh, Bonnie is not with us today. Uh, we miss Bonnie, but, you know, just send her some good vibes and prayers, whatever the fuck, you know. Bonnie's a cool person. Um, but Bonnie is not with us, which is why you will not be hearing her voice. Um, she's okay. Don't worry. She's fine. Um, okay. And I'm going to verbally say the content warnings, because I don't know if any of you fucks, fuckers, and fuck-betweens um, read our episode descriptions, which is okay if you don't. But um, this is the content warning that I have written down um, as we were doing this interview. Uh, there are mentions of spiritual abuse, cults, mentions of death, especially child death, manipulation, mentions of sexual abuse, mention of sexual abuse and sexualization of minors, mentions of grooming, grooming minors. Um, I think that's it. Language, yeah, 
Um, well, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, but like, this is like a little bit more vulgar than I think we normally get. Yeah. Okay, actually, um, it's not. No, fuck that. No. no. We say that we like she, fucking Molly says pussy, and we say pussy and dick all the fucking time. Who gives a shit? That's not more vulgar than saying fuck or shit or any of the crap that I fucking say all the time. I cuss a lot. Wow. Yeah, you, you do. You do, big uh, guy. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> uh, I, don't give, I, don't give, I don't give a fuck. Whatever. That was a little evangelical guilt there. So, anyways. <laughs> all right. Um, so, yeah, no. Um, the lovely. Uh, interview with Molly will start after the trail off, which uh, I have the perfect audio for the trail off. Um, you see, I'm going to do start doing candle reviews. I have a candle right here, um, and it's called Work From Home. It's hand-poured. Uh, the burn time is about 56 hours, approximately. Uh, and... Alright, today's guest is a person who you may know um, if you are on TikTok, Book Talk, um, I don't know if smut talk is a thing. Um, I or, think so. I think so. Yeah. I should smut know talk? that. I should know that definitively. Yeah. And I don't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it probably exists. I mean, there's a TikTok probably. for everything. I'm yeah. probably there. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, well, you already heard her voice. Um, it is Molly Tolis, and she is the writer of the Romanov Oracle and the Asphodel series, um, which are fantasy fiction um, historical yeah. fiction, right? Something like that. Yeah, I would say fantasy is the best umbrella term. Um, I would say like fantasy, historical fiction, um, fantasy romance, the ro- romanticy, romanticy TikTok is a big, you know, that's the new hybrid. Um, so that's probably the best catch-all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It all. I mean, I haven't read the books, but I do have a friend who has read all the books and she loves them. Um, so uh, we are very thankful that you are here with us. I know you and I yeah. have been talking back and forth since that said friend um, said, hey, I think you would like this person's stuff. And I think it was what, back in like maybe yeah. November, December? You were, yeah, it was a couple months putting... ago, I think. Yeah. 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 It's been, it feels like it's yeah. been not that long and yet it feels like it's been a while. And I think you were talking a little bit about your experience, which obviously we're going to get into. And I was like, oh, wait, this would be perfect for our podcast (laughs) with some of the stuff that we talk about. So absolutely. So glad you're here. Um, So so, yeah, we just love to, um, for our listeners and for anyone who may be listening that knows you already and is one of your fans, um, just can can you explain like kind of who you are? Um, Obviously, we talked a little bit about what you do, but kind of more of that. Um, And then Mm -hmm. one thing that we normally talk about, um, obviously, this is like a arguably Christian podcast with massive quotes. Um, So we talk about (laughs) what has people's experience been with the church, spirituality. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, um, I am. I've got a couple different. I've got quite the hyphenate. Um, So I do have a day job. I work in marketing and and NPR, but also what most people do know me for on the Internet at this point is I am an independent. I'm an indie author. Um, and I do typically write now, which is what we joked about. Um, I write books that fall under the smut category, which for those who don't know, just means that there's explicit on-page sex in said books. So um, there's no nothing going on behind closed doors. I put it all there in delicious black and white detail. Um, but you know, before getting there, uh, I was a pastor's kid. I guess I technically still am. Um, we were part of the Bethel Reading denomination, I guess, of churches. We were one of the first churches outside of Reading to kind of come under their purview, if you will. Uh, so we were a very, we were a Bethel Reading household. Um, my dad was a senior pastor. Um, so he was, you know, the head, head guy in charge. Um, so that was 
my upbringing. Uh, and then I went to Indiana Wesleyan University for three semesters, um, transferred halfway through my sophomore year. Um, <laughs> basically had a, the, the last remnants of my faith. Um, I wouldn't say faith. I would say the last remnants of my relationship with the modern evangelical church um, were shattered about halfway through my sophomore year. And I transferred to a university that didn't have, you know, chapel requirements and you have to take Old Testament and, and stuff like that. So um, I've been deconstructing, I like to say formally for about two years, even though I say I left the Christian faith um, when I was probably I, 19, 20. Um, but it wasn't until I was 26 where a lot of stuff started coming up for me just in habits of my life. And I was like, oh, I, I think I need to like actively, you know, get over this, work through this, like, you know, deconstruct it. So I've, I say that I've only been deconstructing for two years, although I have not been a churchgoer regularly since I was 20. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot that you talked through. I mean, the whole, so just to make sure that I heard that correctly. You start, you left Wesleyan after sophomore year. Uh, year. Halfway through my sophomore year. I, um, sophomore year. I came home for my Thanksgiving break and told my parents I'm going to transfer. And they were pretty blindsided by that. Um, they were supportive. They weren't necessarily like upset that I was leaving a Wesleyan university. Um, but they were pretty blindsided because to them I had, you know, wonderful friends and, you know, I was living my best life and it was wonderful at school. And I did have great friends there and I did really love it. Um, quite frankly, um, I had my first, I'm going to air quote this pretty heavily because this, you know, um, I had my first quote unquote heartbreak and, you know, it was with a guy at Indiana Wesleyan and I don't know, you guys probably relate. Um, you know, dating habits are fucking weird, uh, amongst, you know, evangelicals and, and Wesleyan culture and, yeah, you know, that kind of, of thing. Regularly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I thought perfect guy. I was like, we go to chapel together. Like, you know, he wears a fucking like, you know, he's got the Jesus piece. Like he does Daniel fast. This guy's fucking perfect. You know, like whatever. Um, meanwhile, like there were three of us is all I'll say, um, who thought that this guy was perfect. So that shattered a lot for me. Um, weirdly enough, because growing up the way that I did, you know, I was the oldest, I, I'm the oldest of four daughters. And, you know, when you have Bethel Redding that we were a part of, which is a cult, a fucking cult. Um, you know, it, we were like smack dab in the middle of that hardcore, like 2000s purity culture. So that not even necessarily, sometimes I say it wasn't even Christianity that that messed me up as much as it was really specifically purity culture, because I was the oldest pastor's daughter. So I had 400 people at a church every single Sunday who, whether they kind of consciously knew it or not, were judging me to look and act and be this, this certain way. Um, and my parents, especially my mother, leaned heavily into purity, like heavily. Um, I remember thinking growing up, like, my parents caught me, like, having sex before I was married, I genuinely think that would be more of a problem if I like straight up murdered somebody. Like I had literally the fear of God in me um, regarding like dating and premarital sex. So uh, never dated in high school, like any of that stuff. So then like stumbled to a Christian college and met, you know, 
the perfect Jesus boy and was like, oh, this is great. This is what I've been indoctrinated. That is like the perfect thing. Uh, and is what I'm, you know, and then when that went terribly, I was like, I wonder if all, some of these other ideas also are kind of shit. Um, and, you know, and I, I struggled a lot, I think, because I'm in a, you know, secular field. Uh, I'm in PR and marketing. And at the time, the program that I was in at Indiana Wesleyan was so focused on like nonprofit. You know, they always wanted me to intern with nonprofits. They wanted me to intern with churches. And like, I didn't want to do churches, social media accounts like that, you know, so I would get pretty good internships and, I, you know, was good at my job and stuff like that. And I just felt like I was getting no encouragement from faculty and my like professor mentors at the time who were like, well, that's nice, but like, you should go volunteer with, you know, XYZ or XYZ. And I was like, I'm not getting an education that I want because, you know, they're, they're cornering even their liberal degrees that weren't in the school of theology. They were still teaching them that you would go into, you know, somehow you would be working in religion in some way. So that kind of shook me up. And then I was like, oh, I'm not like, I'm not going to do like church PR. Like, are you kidding me? Like, what the hell? Um, so, I, so I transferred about, uh, literally came home like Thanksgiving break. And I was like, I think I want to transfer. Um, didn't tell my parents it was, you know, because of a boy, uh, just blamed it on the program. And then at Christmas, um, by Christmas, I had everything signed, sealed and delivered. I did a visit to Loyola in Chicago um, where I, I, I finished my degree, which is technically a Jesuit university, um, but they have no requirements on, you know, they don't care if you're a Jesuit or not, um, you know, signed, sealed and delivered and January 18th or whatever it was, like literally four weeks later, I moved into an apartment in Chicago. So it was fast when it happened. <laughs> Yeah, I was, um, <clears throat> you probably saw me busting up laughing at all the chapel stuff like that. Oh my I have, God. <laughs> I have not heard those literal words come out of someone's mouth in five, <laughs> at least five years um, yeah. when I graduated oh, yeah. from another Wesleyan university. And so <laughs> I was like, oh man, I didn't realize that I, I only know of APU, but not Bethel. <laughs> If you yeah. Biola, like the SoCal schools, and so I was oh, like, yeah. "Oh God!" Triggered right there for a little bit. It's just <laughs> funny for me. Um, oh yeah, oh yeah. We but you've mentioned, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was always the thing of, "Hey, let's try to get a girl to go to chapel with." So, oh yeah, you know, that was that, fucking that's how you know moves it's real. on somebody. And that's how you know you it's real. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but if you got them to go to church with you on Sunday, mm, oh, you were married. That means you're gonna, you were yeah, engaged. you're gonna get married. Yep. You were yep. engaged. Like, hey, you girl, I can carry twenty chairs. <laughs> no it's not even that it's my i had a friend who dead ass we had a uh cross that we put up during a liturgical chapel that i was like a uh, one of the student leaders for or whatever and um they've the school the, the so the chapel was on the second floor of like our not gymnasium but like student center kind of yeah. thing on one of our they campuses. all look the same <laughs> yeah and um but and for whatever reason the cross used to be stored up there and for this semester for whatever reason they had all the way on like the sports field which was like it's a it's not far but like to it's carry a cross it is so my friend was like uh, you know if jesus could carry his cross i'm gonna carry it too and dead ass gets this giant cross this cross is like hunt like 200 pounds maybe more and he just 
like slings it onto his back and starts walking it. And honestly, it was the funniest thing because we were both like kind of shitheads. Um, but also, I'll, I was like, bro, like, look at all these girls are going to be looking at you and be like, oh man, that's the most Jesus like thing ever or whatever. And so Christ like, yeah. oh my God. Yeah. He did it by himself. I was impressed. But it's like that, that is the youth group that's the culture, man. Chairs, kid. It's literally picking up your cross. Did y'all have um... weekly? Yeah, were there always like a couple of guys who just were barefoot at your Wesleyan Not college a randomly? Not a couple. Like Not so a couple. many. It was it was a I could probably confidently say closer to ten to twenty percent of guys and girls who did it. Just there was like only one person. Barefoot. Yes, one person gave me an actual reason. She said I actually got medically diagnosed with some issues with my hips because I'm a dancer, and the doctor okay. said as much as I can, I need to walk barefoot because it's gonna be better for my hips. So that I can continue to dance. Great. Yeah, Another yeah, friend. Great. <laughs> me and a couple of friends were just talking about this guy. He just walked around all the time with his dirty ass feet. Like no shoes. Like and what if he did, they were like about sandals. Wesleyan I don't, University. I don't there were always it's, dudes barefoot. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. We had a whole group we had a stereotype at APU and the same as at Biola too that I've seen of like mm-hmm. a certain kind of Christian guy uh yeah. wearing his chacos. Um, maybe some like uh short shorts. Um, yeah, and then oh, like yeah. some so, like, like kind of long baggy things. shirt. Yeah, mm-hmm. some like beads mm-hmm. or some sort of like a ton of like jewelry. Which I mean, I kind of dress up like that nowadays, but <laughs> whatever. Um, whatever. Uh, but, but they would walk like around bad barefoot. leather jewelry with like fake nails that are like yes. rusted out to look like yes, the actually, nails yes. of Christ or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like that's yeah. the that's the good shit. Yeah. Oh, and appropriating yeah, yeah, yeah. dreads. Yeah, appropriate oh, dreads yeah. for so for white much. people. Yeah, because they would go, so they would much. go to a. It was like a quote unquote um, study abroad, semester study abroad to um, High Sierra, which is in Yellow, not Yellowstone, the Sierras, wherever, whatever park sure. is up there. Sure. Um, I want to go. I just don't remember what it's called. Um, and I've heard it's great, but they'd go there and then they would come back as the most hipster christians that you could Uh ever imagine and there was a part of me that envied that you know like i wanted to be a christian hipster because they had an identity i mean they had Mm -hmm. um you know it was that and then the borderline creepy uh worship pastor who was always Mm -hmm. eternally 27 and was always hitting on girls in the youth group who were 17 and then would (laughs) ask them out like the day after they turned 18 and then you know always had like a weirdly wide brimmed hat for no fucking yes. reason yeah skinny jeans some sort of like flannel mm-hmm. shirt and then yep. so many so many boots so many pairs yeah. of chelsea boots like yeah our uh, our friend at the dirty rotten church kids they like to call that nashville sexy um yes. so yes adrian if you're listening <laughs> shout outs um yes it, nashville oh sexy God. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> enough on Wesleyan colleges. I could talk about that for literally hours. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll come back. Yeah. I'll come back. We'll do another episode on yeah. Wesleyan colleges. <laughs> we'll get a bunch of, we'll do a whole thing. Actually, there's another podcast that we could talk about on that. Um, go. but yes. Uh, so you, you talked a bit about your experience mm-hmm. with Bethel and it being a heavy, yeah. uh, purity culture. There's a lot yeah. that's going around in culture and like, uh, in, in, in social medias that I'm starting to see mm-hmm. of different, mm-hmm cults that existed i have a friend who is part of um of another one of the cults i don't even remember what it's called um at the at the moment i have have had another one who's part of another who is part of another cult like there's a lot of christian like cult cults like all religion is a cult 
but like all religions a cult but there's a couple that really like you know yeah they they go a step further in terms of like this is requiring um some this is an issue um big thing for me in you know because i'm not i'm not an anthropologist i'm not you know a psychologist i i just have my own experiences but one of the reasons that i'm I'm pretty firm on saying Bethel Redding in particular um, is a cult and not just in the way that religion is a cult, but specifically like this is a cult. Um, So there's the bite model, which has been developed as a way to kind of identify cult practices. And one of those things is like behavior and money are, are really big ways that, you know, people control you in a cult. And if they're, if they're controlling your behavior and you're controlling your money, really big way that you kind of know it's a cult. And now granted all religion does that in some way, but there's a couple key ways that Bethel Redding just really fucking takes the cake. Um, so for those who don't know, Bethel Redding um, is an evangelical church, very similar to Hillsong. Um, and they have an attached and holy fuck, I wish I was kidding, but they have attached um, a Bethel school of supernatural ministry. Again, I, I like you say it now and I'm like, this sounds fucking insane. But for 24 years, because again, like it, I was 26 when I started deconstructing where I was like, I don't think that this is just like, oh, that was a church I didn't like. It was two years ago when I started to be like, oh, I was in a fucking cult. Um, yeah. And quick, quick and, question. Um, yeah. So when you talk about Bethel Reading, there yeah. is the Bethel Music Group. Um, that is a part of them. Okay, so it's all part yep. under Bethel Redding. Okay, okay, okay Bethel got it. Redding, got yep. um, their flagship church, the home church, the one that Bill Johnson, who's a public figure, so he's up for fair use. Don't come for me, Bible suits. Um, oh no, come for us, please, <laughs> Bill. Bill Johnson, I will fucking fight yeah, you in the ring. Love... I, I will meet you. I will fucking fly out to the Bethel it's, School um, of Supernatural it's, it's, Ministry. It's Chris Ballatin for me. That's who I want to throw hands with. Um, yes. Personally. But, uh, so yeah, so Bethel music group, they've got super, and then Jesus culture also had really, really popular Christian albums and they had youth conferences that also came out of Bethel Reading. Um, so Bethel, there's just a lot of Bethel churches because that's like a common biblical name. So I just always say Bethel Reading, but it does include Bethel music group and then the Jesus culture ministry, uh, and their youth shit and their albums as well. Um, so Bethel has a school of supernatural ministry, which is an, completely unaccredited university is not a school there's no fucking like there's nothing behind it it is not a real degree like they will give you a pretty certificate but it is not a fucking degree like it is not accredited by anybody and straight up they like they claim that they teach people to become prophets which all right sure well, um, I, I uh, emotionally yeah. dated a girl who went there for like two years before transferring uh, yeah yeah, yeah. It's fucking yeah mm-hmm. fun shit um so that to me i was like there's a school and you're teaching people to do what now like that's a step beyond like normal church shit um another big thing was the money like they always just drove home obviously every church drives home tithing but another really weird thing is they always did it um they always got students of the school which again i'm air quoting school but like Students of the school would go on missions trips, which I'm also fucking like air quoting, um, literally to like fucking Alaska. Like I would have people on my Facebook feed who were my fucking age and they're like, I'm going, the Lord has called me as part of my prophetic gift with Bethel 
to go to Anchorage, Alaska for six weeks. And I was like, I don't, I don't think that's true. Um, and they would be like asking for money and then they wouldn't even they ask for money for themselves. It's like, dude, I want to fucking like, yeah, I've heard Alaskan cruises are the shit. Like, what's your fucking point? Like, man, I, you know, guys, I just feel a prophetic call to go <laughs> and uh, fly over to Italy. You know, yeah. like I want to make those Catholics come to know Jesus. So, yeah. um, you know, just, yeah. just add us, like, you know, DM us, um, send me some money. Yeah. Um, cash, not check. And um, address will be in the description. Thank you. Um, yeah. So that was a really big thing to me. There's always, 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 always asking for money. And then this was something that I didn't really come to realize until later, um, you know, as an adult. But, you know, we were Bethel, Chicagoland. So there was Bethel Redding. And then I was I'm from the suburbs um, in Indiana. And our church was Bethel, Chicagoland. So we were kind of like one of the I don't know if we were the first, but we were like one of the first churches to say like, hey, have you guys thought about fucking franchising? And then we became like Bethel Chicagoland basically. And um, the, so like a lot of the senior leaders would come speak at our church. Like we would have a conference or whatever. And like Chris Ballatin or Danny Silk or Bill Johnson would like come and speak at the, the church for the weekend or whatever. And it wasn't until later that I realized not only did every single time we have a conference, like we always did two tithes. So there was like the general tithe, like to the church that people did every single week, but then there would be a bonus one for the speaker. And then I also found out that our church was paying them to come. Like they got a, a speaker's fee and I'm like, so they're getting like a tithe. They're just straight up waltzing in here and just asking people for fucking cash. And on top of that, like we paid them, like we would literally give them money. And I was like, why the fuck do they need so much money? Like if my job sends me to another office, like if I go to the, the Atlanta office of my company, they're going to pay for that. Like, why the fuck are we paying them to do this? And I just realized there was just always, always money going up, like out the door so much more than just like the normal give us 10%. I was like money and behavior. Like you guys are nuts. They've started a school. Um, allegedly. Um, I, and I think a couple years ago, it was like two years ago. Um, they were in the national news media again. And this is an upsetting story. Um, you know, I have, obviously I've got sympathy for the folks involved, but, uh, they had a, a high ranking member of Bethel Redding, unfortunately had a toddler pass away rather unexpectedly, which I can imagine is probably one of the worst things for anybody to live through. Like that's just has to be horrendous. But Bethel decided to start a 24 seven worship altar call prayer service to bring the baby back to life. And they were live streaming it. And it lasted for like four or five days, like constant worship and altar calls, prophetic shit. And like, I, I really, I, this is a, this is quite morbid. So I apologize. But like the child was in the morgue, like the child had passed away and like doctors weren't like this, the ship had sailed. And I remember I was so, I, I shake with anger sometimes when I think about it, because I'm like, what the fuck kind of faith and behavior manipulation is that? that you would twist and just shift the knife in those poor parents by saying like, we're going to bring your baby back from the dead and we're going to live stream a five day, 24 seven service where we pray for the resurrection of spirit of Jesus 
to, to bring someone back from the dead. And I was like, this is the most fucked up thing I've ever heard in my life. And I think that was one of the last times they were in like national news. It was like maybe, two, it was before the pandemic. So it was maybe like two, three years ago. And I just remember talking to my dad and we have not spoken much about this. Um, and, but I, that was one of the times I just remember thinking like, don't you think that is messed up? Like, don't you understand? This is like, this is something else is fucked up. And he was like, well, it's not going to hurt anybody if they're just praying for something. And I'm like, but this is hurting people. And like, they're, it's fucking content. Like, why the fuck are they live streaming it? And so that was one of the times where I was like, this is cult shit. This is cult shit. Like, that's not, oh, all religion's a cult. Like, that's fucking cult shit. And then it was, you know, the fucking, that was, I think that was also one of the beginning and the ends for me. Cause I was like, I, I, I mean, it's surreal. I like still can't believe that that happened. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, I think whenever I hear of something like that, I always try to like think, okay, what, what causes someone to do that? Now, the higher ups, could there have been some sort of sympathy? Sure. I, I don't I don't know of a single person who would see the death of a toddler, especially of someone that you work with or yeah. that's that is in leadership over you. I don't I don't see any of them yeah. saying, Oh, let's immediately use this for you know, right. whatever. Right. However, like I've had a pastor literally tell me, Oh, well, a funeral is a great opportunity to do this because this is when people are gonna be most open to hearing about Jesus. And so like yeah, there is also there's the sympathy of let's do yeah. something that's going to try to ho hopefully benefit the the, the yeah. parents, you know, they yeah. whatever. And also it's just very showy to be able to be like, it's, oh, let's resurrect the, this child. Like that's the thing. Like it's it crosses a line where I'm like, look, whatever you want to believe as an individual, I could not give a flying fuck. Um, but there's a difference between like let's have a prayer meeting, let's pray for these parents, whatever, into like. This is now a, an event that is like getting media attention. And like, it's just bizarre. Like the whole thing was just so, I was like, this has just got to be so insensitive. Cause also I'm a dick. And I was kind of like, well, like at what point, at what point after the five days where they're like, you know what guys, I think, I think this isn't working. I think this isn't working. Like, like pull the plug, literally like unplug the fucking live stream, like pull the plug. Like, at what point do you decide that your resurrection campaign isn't working? Like, it's, just, it's wild. It's wild. Um, yeah. Yeah. I was floored. I remember seeing that and just being like, oh, 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 I've had those guys have had dinner at like my fucking kitchen table growing up. So this is weird. <laughs> uh. So you've had all these um dare i say wonderful experiences uh at the church um yeah. but um was there i mean you have described a not necessarily a i, I don't know how to phrase it it's like uh you almost like dance around the the phrase uh breaking of faith and more of like a mm -hmm. breaking of mm -hmm. the practice or the religion aspect yeah. of it yeah. yeah was there ever a moment in in like that whole span of like uh you know starting to slowly pick things apart where you the straw broke the camel's back like that like that's it there's something wrong here this is this is either way too fucked up or it's like this yeah. isn't yeah 
Yeah, absolutely. So I think there's there's a couple, I feel like there's a couple different ones, quite frankly, because it, it happened in layers, you know, like I didn't, it didn't happen all at once. Like, because very, at first it was like, well, I'm going to leave this church. Like, I'm going to leave this church. There's that, you know, and then there was, oh, okay, I'm leaving this faith. And then about two years ago, again, like I said, that's when I was like, oh, I need to like actively, like I've been brainwashed. I need to actively work to, to deconstruct. Um, so I would say one of the first, the first straws, if you will. Um, I remember uh, when I was that, I remember uh, one of my very best friends growing up, who's still a very, very close friend of mine today, um, was, a, was and is a practicing Muslim. And after we graduated high school, she made the decision to wear the hijab. Um, and I remember there was, there was a while there and like my parents, you know, never cared. They were not judgmental, but I do remember there's one Sunday morning. I was in college. I was at Indiana Wesleyan, but I was home for the weekend. And you know, everybody at our home church knew me. I was pastor's kid. Um, and I remember one of the like little old church ladies coming up to me and like, must have seen a photo of, of me and my friend on social media and congratulated me on like fighting the good fight and like being friends with someone and like ministering to her or some shit. And I just remember looking at this bitch, like, I'm not, I'm not talking about any of this shit with her. Like, I'm not, I'm not trying, what the fuck are you saying? And <laughs> just like got me thinking. Um, Cause it was the first time anybody like had, I think had asked me so directly something so insane. Um, and I remember like going home and I, and you know, she's like, she's one of my closest and oldest friends. I'm like, she's a wonderful person. And, you know, she is still faithful and was born into her faith and has had personal experiences in her faith just as much at the time as I had had in mine. And I was like, if she's going to hell because she was born and raised and has, has had personal experiences with her God, like, I mean, her dad wasn't a pastor, but like, I, I was looking at it almost like analytically. And I'm like, she was born into a family that practiced this. So she learned it and she, she practiced Islam and has had her own personal experiences that have resonated with her. I was like, I was born into a Christian family. I've had my own experience, like, but you know, da, 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 da. and I'm like, you're fucking telling me that she's going to hell on a technicality. Like, what the fuck is this? And I remember being like, oh, I think this is all bullshit. <laughs> like, I remember like that was the straw that broke the camel's back where I was like, oh, fuck no. Like, you don't have to minister shit to people. So that that was the first big one where I was like, I'm I'm not testifying. I'm not mini- like fuck that because I spent all of high school, and middle school going to Reading, Bethel, like Jesus Culture Youth Con- Youth Conferences, where like on the schedule there would be street ministry, you know, and you'd have to go out for two hours and fucking like harass people in malls and shit. Um, and I was like, oh, I'm never, th- I'm never speaking to anybody about faith ever again. Like I'm not, I'd never tried to like convert anybody, but I was like, oh yeah, no, this is bullshit. It's absolutely bullshit. <laughs> like, fuck no. Um, that was the first, that was, I think like one of the first ones. Um, I'd say more like, and then more seriously, like about two years ago with that whole resurrection service that Bethel tried to do was the straw where I was kind of like, oh man, I thought these, like, I thought these people were you know, I mean, I was a child, I was minor. I mean, I was very much brainwashed. And I was like, I thought these people were were actually prophets. Like I legitimately had a phase of life where I thought Bill Johnson could probably walk on water. Um, And Chris Valentin and Danny Silk and and all those guys who who made up kind of the all white dude board of Bethel Redding. Um, And then I watched, 
I saw this and I had, I had been out of the church for about four years. And then I saw that happening. And that was a straw that broke the camel's back of like, oh, I thought that shit was like the way, the truth, the light bullshit. And then that's when I was like, oh, call a fucking psychologist, baby, because you have work to do. Because like, that's not fucking normal. Um, so I think those were probably the two big like straw, like leaving the church and then like leaving the church slash faith. And then like, oh shit, I was in a cult straw was that re that resurrection service. Yeah. I, I've had conversations with people and seeing conversations with people where if like you have friends, if you're friends with someone who's an atheist or an agnostic or a yeah. Buddhist or literally anything besides Christian, that it's yeah. like this big grand old thing because, oh my God, you're, you can't have so much opportunity. Like, I'm, like there there was a time at like a church that i used to go to um after after college where um at the time i was living at a home for former foster youth as one of the on-site mentors and the pastor mm -hmm. comes up to me and my roommate um slash best friend and he and he goes wow you know you guys have six guys in there and they don't they don't know jesus and like you guys have a really great like how's you guys have a really great opportunity to like minister to them like you should start a small group for them and i did because i was you know evangelical stockholm syndrome um except it didn't work for them because they didn't give a shit and um this is like my first year out of college yeah and i just graduated from christian college as a ministry major so like yeah you know like that's such a great idea and like i was already like starting to like after a few months of living in this i was like oh no no, no nothing that i learned works in this in this at all <laughs> And, and like quickly I was like, you know what? No, like I'm going to create a space because some of them have legit church trauma. Let's hope that, yeah. you know, we can maybe help mend some of that, you know, through relationship, yeah. maybe give them some friends, but like they yeah. don't have to come. And like, yeah. I just remember going back to a, um, one of the retreats for the ministry department and, uh, they had, um, as, and I was in one of the alumni speaker talking about, you know, trauma informed care, yada, whatever. Um, and, and I come back and, and they said, okay, you know, all the alumni would want you to go up and like say something like as a word of encouragement. <laughs> all these other people were saying like, oh, you know, stick through or trust God, whatever. Like, so, I mean, actually granted pretty much every single alumni who was there had already been like, we're already pretty like, ah, just, just be you or whatever. Like we, we also <laughs> did the I go up and I'm like, all right, so I've been back in this world for two days now. Um, y'all are using a lot of language and y'all have a different pot heart posture than honestly you really should have. Like you can't be talking like the epistemology of whatever, whatever the fuck you want to say, like that no one's yeah. going to understand what the fuck that means. Like, no. and, and also you're not going to be able to just walk into a room and tell someone the, the gospel, whatever you think that means. And someone's going to convert. No. Like if you no. are try, if you think that this is authentic, You're don't wrong. you think that just living your life the way, like just actually emulate this Jesus person to just emulate that in it. Yeah. Don't you think that that's enough? Yeah. Yeah. But it's not, it's not for no. all of these people. No, no, not at all. Um, yeah, that was, I think those were some pretty big moments where I was like, what the fuck is happening? That resurrection, that fucking resurrection. That was, that's when I was like, Oh my God, I was in a cult. Like I sat there and I was like, oh my, this wasn't even like, oh, I don't believe this anymore. You guys are like pretty judgmental pricks. I was like, oh, this is fucked up. Like you're about to get on the fucking microphone and ask people to drink Kool-Aid. Like, like vibes are the same. <laughs> like <laughs> this is terrifying. Um, so yeah, that was, that was, I was like, 
there's just a moment where it that was just something I'll just never forget because I was like not only was I like oh this is the most fucking insane thing I've ever seen but then there was that second dawning of like oh I I believed this like I ate that shit up and then you know there's a there's a good amount of guilt I mean there's there's always guilt there's always guilt whether you're in religion or you're deacon like there's always guilt um but there's like this double-edged sword of like I was I felt guilty at times to be leaving because I was sitting whatever I was I booked my ticket to hell um but then I also felt guilty for deconstructing because I had ever believed it in the first place um but that was one of the, the biggest things that I grappled with right after that fucking resurrection service was like oh I, I felt so guilty and like so embarrassed because I was like watching it. And I was like, this is the most insane thing I've ever seen. Like this is, this makes no sense. It is legitimately bat shit. This is Jim Jones and fucking Kool-Aid shit. And then I was like, oh, there's just so much like guilt and embarrassment that comes from like, oh, I ate that. Like I ate that shit up. Like there was a whole, most of my life, I believed that this was like super legit. Um, and then I, you know, it just hit me at the right time in life where I'd been out of the church long enough where I was like, oh no, oh honey. Oh no, <laughs> no. Um, so yeah, that was a big, that one was a big, a big moment um, for sure. Cause like, that's the thing is my, like we knew these guys. I mean, they were like work colleagues. I wouldn't say that they were like fucking, I didn't call any of them like uncle Bill or anything, but like, you know, they, they'd had dinner at my house. Like these were people that my parents knew and like I knew and there was a whole season where like, I felt like a fucking big shot because I'd met these guys. Like, you know, so it's, it's really surreal to be like, it, it, it's almost like the calls coming inside from inside the house, literally. Cause I was like, Oh, this is crazy. And like, I've <laughs> to borrow a phrase, like I've broken bread with these people and like, it's just bizarre. Um, and then there's just so much of your life, at least for me, cause like I've, I've been deconstructing for two years and I've, you know, some days it feels like I've, I'm good. And some days it feels like I've made no progress. Um, but like, I'm, I'm, I'll be very candid. Like I'm specifically, like I pay a lot of money that my insurance doesn't cover for a therapist that specializes in like religious trauma and cult deconstruction, because that's literally what I need. Um, and in my particular situation, which was an oldest daughter, a woman, like in the 2000s with the Chris Valentin Ministries, with focus, which focused so much on purity culture, um, like I had self-perceptions. Like my self-perception is, is I, I, I'll say it's a work in progress now, but was super fucked up. Um, you know, I definitely didn't believe in purity culture anymore, but I didn't realize that, you know, my mentality around dating was fucked. Like I even into my 20s like mid even sometimes now like fuck it I will have just like a date like fucking drinks like fucking bumble drinks which like is literally the lowest like there's no there's no fucking that's not a standard like that's not a thing that is literally like I'm going to 7-Eleven like that is like there's no significance to that it's not going to church off campus with somebody like there's no commitment to like fucking bumble drinks but I will have panic attacks because I, I will just think that it is such a high pressure scenario or I'll think like, I'm going to get in so much trouble for this and I'm 28 years old. Like who the fuck's going to get like, but it is just so fucking in there. You, I, you know, I, that's when I, that's one of the other reasons I was kind of like, oh, this is a cult because I looked at the psychological 
symptoms, if you will, the things that I've had to break, work on breaking since leaving the church in ways mimic cult deconstruction, sometimes more than they mimic religious trauma. Um, Because a lot of religious trauma, nobody's experience is the same. There's huge similarities at times, but of course everybody's experience is really, really unique. But like a lot of religious trauma has to do with like fear of eternal damnation and like stuff like that. And I didn't have that as much. I had different super specific behavioral things that were about, this is who you are. You have to stay in this line. Um, And a lot of that had to do with, you know, purity culture for me was probably like the single most, I was talking to my therapist this week and I was like, it stole 24 years of my life. Like I did not date normally. I didn't go through puberty normally. Like I'm still sometimes learning how to date like a fucking middle schooler because I just literally there's no template for it. Um, so it's, it's bizarre at times. So, um, I know Chris Valentin is, um, public. He's, um, He's, I don't know what position he still fucking holds at the church, quite frankly. I don't know what their fucking org chart, org chart looks like. Um, but I just remember uh, he was the one who pushed the purity culture thing. And we had, like, I had a, I had a purity ring. Like, you bet your fucking ass I had a purity ring. Um, and I remember a couple, this was maybe like six months ago, an old sermon of Chris Allerton's went viral on TikTok. Um and I think it got picked up by like a lot of people in deconstruction and just in general, cause it's fucking insane. Um, and it was a sermon that he gave about how he has seen like hundreds of women's hymens restored because they have become born again virgins because they like basically like, like decided to stop having sex and then wait for their husbands. And then they apparently fucking called Chris Allerton on their honeymoons. And, you know, yeah. That's what I want to say. Like, how did, how has he, no, he said, he specifically said, I have seen. Yeah, that was, uh, he said he has seen. seen. Yeah. I crawled up in there. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, all right, guys, 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 (laughs) I have so many questions for you um, on your understanding of female anatomy also. Um, yeah, yeah. Like hy- hymen's restored was the fucking, was the phrase. Um, and then there's another super fucking creepy thing that he said where he was talking about like, he was giving a testimony because I guess at one point, like he was a youth pastor and he, and he called a girl in his youth group I think he said, I'll have to find the exact quote, but I think he said like, she was one of my more promiscuous girls, like would let everybody on the basketball team, like do her or something like would flirt with, like he said, I know the, I'm pretty, he said something along the lines of like, she was one of my more promiscuous girls. And I was like. So he 100% went to Epstein's Island. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. thousand percent. So I was like. Fuck, I should not have said that on live. <laughs> I was thinking it. Um, I will find I will find a link to the sermon. You can like put it in the podcast description so people can like I'm I'm not bullshitting this. But it went super fucking viral because somebody was like, What the fuck is this? And it went so viral that he had to release a statement. Um, and he released a statement and said that it was like taken out of context. And I remember I wanted to break my fucking cell phone because I was like you fucking asshole. Like I grew up under your fucking theology. There's not a 
fucking word of that that is out of context, you absolute prick. Like, literally drives me fucking nuts. Um, and and had this whole fucking like awful like terrible response of like it was taken out of context and everybody's like it's an unedited video clip dude i don't know how you could take that out of context <laughs> like no um and it was that was wild when i <laughs> when i turned 13 yeah i turned 13 um and this is when i like got my purity ring like when i turned 13 um, but it wasn't just like, it was handed to me. Oh no, it had, we, it had to be fucking weird. Um, so my parents told me, which again, like the evangelical, like thirst for Jewish culture, like also is a whole separate podcast. Um, but my parents told me that like, obviously I was turning 13, I was going to have like a birthday party, but then I was going to have a special birthday party that was like a Christian, like bat mitzvah. Like I was going to have some sort of like Jesus bar mitzvah. Yeah. Bat mitzvah is for women. Um, I was going to have some sort of like Jesus bat mitzvah or whatever. Cause I was like becoming a woman or whatever. 13, 13. I know. Just let that sink in. Um, so I was like, all right, cool. Whatever. I'm 13 more parties is good news for me. Does that mean I get more presents? Like whatever. Um, and what happened was my parents had all of the church elders come over and I had to sit in a chair in the center of a circle with all of the church elders. And the men didn't speak as much. Some of them did. But all of their wives like went around and like one by one, they like read scripture over me or read like prophetic words over me. Essentially all about like becoming a woman, keeping my integrity, being a woman of God. Like basically telling me like, don't fuck anybody. Um, I had... This was for me turning 13. And I remember I had never been so uncomfortable in my entire fucking life. Um, so my parents gave me a purity ring, but most of them also gave me jewelry. Like most of them also gave me like some sort of necklace or whatever. Um, and then they all like prayed over me, laying on of hands, whatever. And they, and I was like, this, this is a cult ceremony. Like not only is this a cult ceremony, that shares a lot of fucking characteristics of grooming. Just FYI. Like, the encouragement, the giving of jewelry, like those are literally things that people are trained to identify as, as grooming. And I just remember like, I think I'd kind of like forgotten that that happened <laughs> for like years. And then I started deconstructing and I was like, why the fuck were there a bunch of middle-aged white men talking about like, don't fuck anybody to me when I was like 13? Cause like, of course that's not, nobody said that, you know, everybody's like, you're a woman now, your integrity of Proverbs 31 fucking bullshit, like whatever. Like nobody said the word, but like, that's what they were getting at. Like, that was the point. So when that memory came back, I was like, oh, get a therapist. I don't care how much it costs. Get a therapist. Um, so literally purity culture, like defined my life. And most of the parenting shit that my parents did like pretty much all of the rules I had growing up or like going through middle school and high school were somehow related to purity culture so it was wearing stuff curfews about bull you know like pretty much all of their parenting was governed by whether they realized it or not like you better not sleep with somebody um like it, it was nuts it was nuts um 
I remember like one time my mom, instead of like, and like, I like, there's a here and now for saying like, Hey, not your fault. Like why? It just was so over-sexualizing also as a child, like this happened when I was 13 and then it continued through my youth. So we're over-sexualizing a minor. Um, but also like, Sometimes I can understand a parenting conversation of like, hey, it's not on you, but there's creepy fucking people in the world. Like maybe we don't wear that. Like maybe sometimes I can kind of understand the context of that, but like for the most part, I can't. But like, I remember my mom would just hide my clothes. She would just hide my clothes that she didn't like. So there'd be times I'd be like looking for a tank top or something and I'd find it like in a ball under my bed. And I, I remember this happened once and I was like, I didn't do this. Like I didn't ball up my clothes and throw it under the bed. And I remember I went upstairs to like talk to my mom and I was like, isn't that so weird? It showed up under my bed. And she just like kind of gave this awkward laugh and she's like, I was hoping you wouldn't find it. I don't like that. Like that one's too, you can see too much of your boobs with that one. And I was like, so you balled it up and like threw it up. It was like some sort of like fucking Hollister tank top that made me think I was the shit. Cause it was like 2006, but it just it was it literally was everything like I had that weird fucking whatever it was was not a party when I was 13 and then all of the parenting decisions that I like conversations and conflict I remember having with my parents was somehow related to my body or being overly sexualized or something like that and it's it's weird it's weird to fucking sit down as adult and be like all right so like that was grooming and like all of that inadvertently like over sexualized you as a minor, like that happened. Um, and I know that like that, this happened not like hundreds of people, like this was the trend, like every, everyone was doing it. Um, and you've got fucking Chris Dalton out here who's preaching the fucking gospel about restoring hymens. I'm like, hey. Chris, just say that you've just, well, he's got kids, I think technically, but like, dude, just, just say that you're gay or you've been to Epstein Island. Cause it's one of the two. Yeah, definitely seems to be more of a pedophile or a child predator, um, as are many in the church, as we are yeah. unfortunately finding out about. Um, yeah. But yeah, that. thank you for sharing all that. I, I know yeah, yeah. Um, I do want a quick mention to anyone who is listening at this moment. Feel f- please take a break at any point during this episode. <laughs> this is heavy. Still, come it back to totally it. Fine. Yeah, come back um, to it. Or don't. It's okay. We or won't don't. Yeah, I, um, I'm fine. You do not yes. have to listen. Like, please take a moment. <laughs> it's, um, it's It's heavy. It's very triggering. Um, it's helpful for me to talk about it because I'm a very vocal and sociable person. So it is heavy. It's intense stuff, but if you were listening, if you need to take a break, I- I'm good. I have said therapist that I talked about. Um, it-, it does me some good to bitch about it. So, 100%. Okay. That's why we started this podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. <Yep. laughs> <laughs> it does me some good to bitch about it. It's the 11th commandment. One of, one of our first uh, titles for the podcast was the Bitchin' About Bitchin' podcast. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's, it's so strange. Um, uh, I even when you first mentioned uh, like the the whole like praying of a resurrection thing, my brain didn't wake up and realize, oh shit, I experienced that firsthand in my <laughs> private little Christian uh, school. Uh, I oh was God. in sixth grade when oh. I was told to pray over someone. Uh, luckily, that none of us knew in the community, but only like my our teacher knew is she's like please pray over this man and i'm like okay well um 
how long ago did he die? And it's like, oh, about a week ago. He's cremated already. What? <laughs> it's like, what, what, what do you think is going to happen? It's like, he's going to rise from the ashes like a phoenix. And I'm like, what the fuck? No! Oh, no! On God, like, on God's reader. Even if, e- okay. If, if someone Ellen- did that, they're a fucking wizard, and I want to be friends with them and learn how the fuck to do this shit. If somebody did exactly. that, if they reanimated themselves, this is so morbid, I don't give a fuck. If they reanimate themselves from ashes, let me know. I will willingly join that cult. I didn't willingly join the other one, but I will join that <laughs> one enthusiastically. Uh-huh. Because <laughs> I, I know for a fact that whatever god we've been worshiping up to this point, not involved into the not resurrecting involved. of the not ashes. Involved. Holy shit. No, yeah, no, that, and, uh, <laughs> it just, I, I forgot that I repressed that memory until just now. So sorry. I was so like, sorry. no, good. No, it's, I, I find it really just, I mean, tragic, but also really funny. Well, that's the thing, it's like, there's no it feels like there's no okay way to feel about it because you're on one hand you're like this is so insane i'm i'm laughing like this is so bad shit i'm laughing but also you're like but like there's genuine empathy there for the fact that somebody has died but then you're like but i that is being completely glossed over by the fact that we're trying to fucking like phoenix gem this motherfucker like what the hell yeah and 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 it makes sense you know like i mean it we have stories in the bible of yeah. people who've supposedly done this and like yeah. you know if we're gonna say jesus is god like no shit jesus can fucking bring someone back from the dead he's fucking god like yeah <laughs> like first off like we're gonna pause there for a moment right um yeah. uh, maybe other people did cool awesome i haven't seen Fun. it in this lifetime um i do know I, I do remember seeing videos years ago of some in Maybe it was indigenous tribes or some tribes maybe in Africa, like indigenous to Africa tribes. Some, some, Why some, are like, those videos always in Africa? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I just remember like seeing it. And <laughs> I don't, I don't remember this. I don't know like, if it's legit. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's like some like third world I country shaman. Like, I feel shaman. like I remember that. It's always some sort of like shot on a flip phone, um, yeah. in a remote area, and yeah, I've seen those because. I feel like for a while there were those kind of videos were also like 2000s Facebook Christian bait because they would always oh, be like yeah. shaman finds Jesus raises man from dead in you know and it was like yeah. some like remote in location Haiti or some shit some place <sighs> where they're trying to go to a missions trip Haiti or Belize normally oh my god my mother um who will never hear this podcast um and if she does then it's fine what's up um, mom? it's okay that's why we say I'm sorry we're, we're we're not, not, yeah not. we say I'm sorry mom at the end of every podcast uh, well. We're not speaking, so it's fine. Um, oh. eh, <laughs> she um she went to Haiti on a mission trip, and that was her motivation for which I'm all for like living your best life at any age. But um, a couple years ago, she went back and got her nursing degree. Um, very much in a midway point in her life, which is fucking great, cool. We love that. Like all about that shit. Got some. It's never too late to live your dreams. Um, but it was the motivation for living the dream, which really sent me, which was, you know, all of the black babies in Haiti. And that's when she was like, I just would have been so much more helpful. Like there were nurses who went on that trip and like, I could have been like a nurse. And I just was like, okay, cool. That's all right. Sure. Always Haiti. Always Haiti. I think it's because it's it's not too far away. So they can still like fly Southwest for most of the, the most of the journey. 
I was Southwest slander. I'm sorry. No, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I think I was flying Southwest this weekend, so you know, whatever. <laughs> I didn't buy the ticket, but you know, I it's a nice, it's a nice flight. I, I don't, you know, it's a good, know? it's a hey. I I fly Southwest on occasion. I you know I don't have a preference. I just joke because. Like, if it were possible for an airline to have a fan club, my dad would be, like, the number... Like, the man is a fan of a corporate brand, and it is Southwest. And I just always joke about it. And I'm like, if there were any airline that I just feel like isn't evangelical, I feel like it's Southwest. (laughs) I just feel like Southwest would show up to a church picnic, Memorial Day picnic, with, like, really dry mac and cheese. Like, I just... when When I think of Southwest, that's what I think of. I'm so sorry. They're wonderful people. I'm sure the people who work there are great. Um... I just, I just don't know why I feel that way. <laughs> oh, man, driest so mac and cheese, only so American sorry. cheese, no cheddar, no oh. anything else. Oh. Just always yeah. dry, always, always dry, dry as shit. Literally just with craft shredded cheddar cheese, like baked into some like nobody understands that you have to do pasta al dente if you're then gonna bake it, but like whatever. Like always dry <laughs> with just a fuck ton of like craft shredded, shredded like cheddar cheese. Just <laughs> the secret is with... it's extra salt. <laughs> oh, I, I like. I think I've shared this on this podcast before. Maybe I haven't. I don't know. I I like when I was a uh, intern at a church. We we did a summer camp, and they ran out of ingredients for and so or something. I don't know. But they decided to just use craft for everything. They made lasagna with craft cheese. As oh. an Italian, I felt that as a personal attack. Now, in all honesty, That's not it when you left the church? It low That's key, not when you left the church? No, no. It low-key slapped, I'm not going to lie. Like, <laughs> I was like, why is this so good? But, like, I was so offended. The, but, like, does it slap in the way that, like, drunk McDonald's slaps where you're like, this 100%. Like, this I was like, bad, I, needed to, like I needed to be drinking yeah. in order to enjoy this to yeah, its yeah, yeah. full right, extent. I told I went to the chef and said look bro I will dead ass drive down the mountain get you guys some food because I'm not happy with all of the Kraft mac and cheese my kids are making it into a meme like we got to do something here like the (laughs) kids were literally saying all right what do you think we're gonna have for dinner tonight oh I I see pizzas on the menu oh god pizza with Kraft they didn't (laughs) I think they did like actual pizza I think Um, it's like we've been memes get out now yeah yeah, I think they didn't even spaghetti with Kraft and cheese, mac and cheese, like Kraft on top of that. I was like, what is, what, what's with y'all evangelicals? Like, if you're evangelical, please let us know. What's, what, why Kraft? Is it because it's American? Kraft. Like, yeah, is it because it's like, it, American. I don't understand. Huh. I don't Anyways. understand. It's like, it's not running. Like, I don't understand a lot of things. <laughs> yes. So. I apologize to all lactose intolerant people who were probably angry at us because they are intolerant towards lactose in the last five minutes of this episode. But um, question about um, your family, if you don't mind sharing. So you already shared you're no longer talking to your mom. Um, So is one, is your dad still a pastor with Bethel? You don't have to name him. Obviously, people can look you up and probably find that out. Um, And two, um, are you in relationship with him? Because it did sound like two years ago you talked to him or three-ish years ago now. So my, I, I, he's not a pastor uh, with Bethel anymore, um, has not been for quite some time. So he actually also left um, a staff position, I'll say, I think like my junior year of college. So like maybe about a year after I left Wesleyan, the Wesleyan school, he left um, the clergy. Um, and then they left our church. Um, 
maybe about a year or so after that. So um, they are still faithful. I, I believe I don't have conversations about faith with my parents. Um, pretty damn, pretty damn positive. They're both still faithful, um, but they do not have like a home church. Um, my dad and I are in relationship, but out of my nuclear family, I'm only in relationship with my dad. So mom, not so much and sisters, not so much. Um, so we have a good relationship. Um, but it is, you know, lunch once a month. Um, it's kind of, it's kind of the boundaries for it. And I think I'm very similar to my dad in a lot of ways, personality wise. And he, I, at his heart, I very much know is a really good guy. Uh, he actually left the church because he wanted to do more in the community. And he was like, you know what, the way to do that isn't church. Um, which is one of the reasons that he left. Yeah. He's great. He's, he's wonderful. Um, I have so much, I have a lot of love and admiration for my dad. Um, He's a fantastic guy. So he actually left the church with his, his motivation being like, I'm not, I can't do what I want to do in the community as a pastor. Like that's not, I'm not getting what I thought. I'm not doing the work I thought I could do. Like the reason I got into this was because I wanted to make this impact and I can't. Um, So he set up a nonprofit in our hometown and it is like county sponsored now. I think he's like statewide. He does a ton of like after school programs for kids and like getting kids like reading buddies and mentors and, you know, stuff that actually goes really, really far. Um, so we're in relationship. Um, we don't have like theological discussions, um, but I think that was huge because he had his own kind of like, you know, if I want to make change in the world, it's not going to be like through this avenue. Um, so I think that's, you know, a huge reason that we are still as close as we are. Um, and he's great. So him and I, are, him and I are close. Um, he's a wonderful guy. Super funny. Um, he's from New Orleans. So we go to a New Orleans restaurant in Chicago every single time that he comes to have lunch. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's the only one that I'm speaking to at the moment. Um, when I started deconstructing, you know, I think my mother being the same sex parent, you know, she was the one who kind of had more like, you know, sex talks with me, whatever, like they never gave me the sex talk to be clear. My parents didn't do that. Um, but like, you know, she was the one who was more directly parenting on like, you know, hiding tank tops cause I looked too slutty or whatever. Um, so when I first started deconstructing, I was like, Hey, please don't like, uh, like, I just can't talk to you about relationships. It's just really hard for me. Like, it's just weird for me if you ring me up once a week and be like, are you dating anybody? I'm like, that's really weird for me. Because you spent most of my life raising me like, this is so off limits. Like, absolutely not, you know? So I just said like, hey, I, don't, I can't talk about that with you. I want to have a relationship with you. I just can't talk about that with you. Like, it's just so weird for me. And I'm going through some stuff. And set a couple boundaries. And it was a kind of a... To make a, a long story very, very short, it was a bit of a three strikes, three strikes you're out policy with, with breaking some boundaries um, that I had set up that I needed at that time and, and still kind of need. Um, so not, not so much there, um, but my dad has respected that as for what it is and has continued our relationship, which, you know, I appreciate a lot. So I don't know if every parent would do that. I, I mean, I don't envy him. He's in a, he's in a rough spot. It's his spouse and his child. Um, so again, I just have a lot of love and respect for him because I know that puts him in a tough spot, but he, he charges on anyway. So, <laughs> um, you know, we figure it out day by day. That's a big, it's a big part of it with like deconstruction. Like most people, families are in, are intimately involved 
in that process, um, whether you kind of want them to be or not. So you kind of just take each day as it comes uh, when it comes to relationships. I think close family ones when you were all in the church together. Yeah, there's a lot of people that I think listen to this podcast or follow us on social media, people that I know in my own life who, like, I, I mean, I'm getting reconnected with a friend from college who, um, you know, like, that's been his situation as well. Like, yeah. kind of not having his family around, like, you know, people will get disowned like that and it, because they yeah. believe so much in evangelicalism and, and, and the conservatism yeah. that's in it. And, and it's just so heartbreaking, you know, like, I mean, that's, even. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's the thing that's also like, that was kind of one of the things where I was like, oh, I think this was a cult was because we weren't even having, we weren't even like butting heads over theology. Like we weren't even like, we've never, I've never once had an argument with my parents about not going to church. I've never once had an argument with my parents about, you know, like the fucking, like, again, like theology, like we've never argued about the Dead Sea Scrolls, but it was behaviors that are so hurtful and harmful and manipulative that are baked into Bethel Redding in particular. And I would say like a lot of evangelical, you know, groups as well. Like there's behaviors that they teach you to like keep you in line that are manipulative and gaslighty. And um, you know, that fear of, of not being part of the group going to hell, like that's the thing that's so crazy. And that's kind of when I was like, I think this, that was one of the other things that made me kind of go like, oh, this is absolutely a cult because we never had issues with theology. It was behavioral patterns that I saw they latched onto from Bethel and like from evangelicalism. And that's when I was like, oh yeah, this, this is cult shit. Cause we're not arguing about religion. Like we're not even arguing about religion right now. You're not even mad that I don't go to church. <laughs> like I didn't go to church regularly since I was 20 and it was probably, I was 26, 27 by the time stuff came to head with my family. They never cared. Um, it's like behaviors. And and then that's kind of when I was like, Oh, this is, this is bizarre and, and heartbreaking. Um, and more so and, and weird. normally women's behaviors, not men. Oh yeah. Always. Always. Um, Your body, their yeah. choice. Um, always <laughs> fucking always. Um, which is funny. I know we had, we'd kind of joked, we'd talked about this, but to, to point A to B or A to C or whatever. Um, you know, so I'd always, I'd always wanted to write, like, that's just something I've always loved doing. And then um, started, so I, I'm typically, you know, I'm part of bookstagram, like, you know, because start, I started all of that. And I kind of when I, I got, like, okay, I think I'm gonna because with indie publishing nowadays, like, there's nothing keeping you from like, doing it yourself. And I was like, fuck it, I'll do it myself. Um, and then it came time. And I was like, Oh, I'm like, I'm doing like explicit sex in mine. Like I absolutely fucking am. And the reason I did that is because a, it was a big thing for me to like just a personal practice of like, I'm not ashamed of this. I don't care. Like who gives a shit. Um, and also like, I think the thing that always kind of made me think about it was I was like, there's so again, just the idea of like women and sexuality and like when women, God forbid are audacious enough to like own the fact that they like sex um, or have any sexual autonomy, like Game of Thrones, the book and the show has a fuck ton of sex in it. There's, there's so much sex in that. Most of it is non-consensual, but when you pick oh, up just Game like of the Thrones, Bible, ah, look at that. Um, both of them have really ambiguous endings. Anyway. Um, <laughs> oh man. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, we're just going to put a, put a bookmark in that one. 
Um, that's the that's the quote graphic for the for the social promo for the this episode. That's the quote graphic. Um, you know, but when people pick up Game of Thrones, it's just a fantasy novel. Nobody's like, oh, but there's like sex in that. Like it's you know, it's not a thing. It's just like yeah, it's a fucking book. But then I, I turned around and I've written fantasy and a lot of my, my current series is based on Greek myth, but it's like not necessarily just mythology or fantasy. It's like, oh, but it's like, there's sex in it. And it's like, yeah, there fucking is. God forbid it's consensual and like there's autonomy happening and like it's written from the perspective of a woman, you know, and it's written for other women. Like, um, I think that was a big part of it. Cause I was like, that's some bullshit. So it was a very liberating thing for me to just be like, no, I'm going to write about sex. Who gives a fuck? Like it's, it's, that's my number one thing is I'm always like, there's so much sex in game of Thrones, but that's just a fantasy novel. But then now I've leaned into it because it's liberating for me, but there's a different, it's different when I write fantasy with like explicit sex in it, because it's from a woman's perspective by a women's author that it has like women's pleasure at the forefront. Like, you know, that makes it super taboo and like different and erotica it's like but you'll read like i mean i love game of thrones but like <laughs> you'll read like multiple rape scenes in game of thrones and you're just be like fantasy novel like haha um so it was in deconstructing and like reclaiming those parts of my identity that i ended up you know stepping into this like yeah i write it's fantasy and there's there's sex in it there's smut in it like i don't know what to tell you um my first novel uh has like a religious angle as well to every so i i projected a lot in the first one um kind so, of like jr tolkien what <laughs> who did what now um yeah i have a very like i say this a lot i have a very like hot and cold relationship with the narnia books because i i have so much nostalgia for them and i love them so much but then you get to fucking like the last two in that seven book series and you're like this is I mean, yeah, we get it. The fucking, the lion is Jesus. Okay, whatever. Like, brilliant. Good, good job hiding that one, buddy. But then you get to, like, the last two. And I remember reading the last one and being like, what the fuck is this? It's like the goddamn rapture. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, Lou, I, I, I love C.S. Lewis. Like, there's still certain things that he has said. That I'm like, wow, this is great. Yeah. And there's other things I'm yeah. like, and, and so, that's a good thing. I shouldn't yeah. agree with everything he fucking says. He's yeah. not. That's the other. Know, I think that that's so... Well, that's the thing. That's like such an evangelical fucking thing, though, I feel. It's like there, there's because you're never allowed to have gray space. Something is right. Something is wrong. This is the way you behave. And it's like, you don't have to like, I still love the Narnia books. Like Horse and His Boy was like one of my favorites. But I can also 100% be like, yeah, they did Susan really fucking dirty because she, God forbid, she was pretty and had sex. Like literally they did Susan fucking dirty and she wasn't in the fucking Narnia rapture. Still mad about that. Um, so you know, it, it turned into something where for me, I was like, oh, this is very liberating. Um, and I'm leaning into it. And quite frankly, it shouldn't matter. But there is just such a divide between like male and female authors when they write about sex. Um, it's been it's wild to, to see as you like get into it. Um, so it's fascinating. But it's quite it's the it's really it's because I, I deconstructed so that pastor's kid to smut author part pipeline is Love it. Pretty Love direct. it. Specifically Bethel Pastor's Kid, the Bethel Smut Pipeline, the title of yes. this episode. Yep. You were yep. 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 <laughs> uh 1000%. So it was something there I was like, yeah. And like that's kind of always I remember I was on a phone call with 
uh, some family members, like right after the first book came out and, you know, didn't like send out a fucking family email bulletin or anything. Um, and they weren't, they weren't like, they weren't rude or anything about it, but there was definitely, cause like I have a disclaimer, like in the Amazon description of like, Hey, there's like, there's violence in this too. But I said like, there's explicit violence and sex in this. So, you know, nobody's picking up what they think is something that it's not. Um, and I remember they were like reading the description on Amazon to me over the phone and we're kind of like, Oh, there's da, 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 da. And it's kind of was like, yeah, sure is. Sells a lot of books. <laughs> like, don't know what to tell you guys about that. So it's it's interesting what the uh, response is from people. But it's like so many, like like I said, I just always go back to Game of Thrones and so many other novels where I'm like, there's sex in that. You guys just don't care. You don't realize it, but you care because I'm a woman. Like, that's why you care. Yeah. And no, I was going to say it's more graphic, but no, it's it's really not. It's really yeah. not. Fucking yeah. Ruth goes down on Boaz's feet. <laughs> I'm like, guys, it's a euphemism. Fucking, come on, no one's the fucking... double entendre. She blew Y'all a really guy in order to become a queen. Come on, or not come queen, on. but whatever. Fucking like original, yeah. like sugar baby, yeah. which we love for her. We love right? autonomy. Oh yeah, she she um, girl boss her way up to you know power. Fuck yeah, fuck yeah, go the fuck off, girl. Um, also, my personal favorite is. Um, yeah, so going if we're going off of like archaeological evidence here, guys, like there aren't fucking apples in the Middle East. Like Eve had her pussy ate, all right? Like shut the fuck up, all right? Like <laughs> I have not heard, heard this, this take. You haven't heard this? No. Fuck yeah. Nah. Oh, I love that. Hell yeah. Nah. That makes the forbidden fruit was Adam's forbidden dick. Forbidden fruit, bruh. Holy forbidden shit. Fruit. Okay, okay. We're going to take a, a, a quick side tangent we're not gonna go too far i know you have been doing a lot of research on lilith and i think we're gonna have to have an entire episode dedicated to this oh okay because like there there will be because i really want to i've heard um black mass appeal which is like a satanic temple uh podcast Mm -hmm. they did an entire Mm -hmm. episode on lilith and i was like "Ooh, this Mm -hmm. is interesting interesting seeing how she's in like literally every religion um where does she play into this like i'm just very curious to like we can obviously bookmark it but yeah i am not again i will i'm not an archaeologist but i've done a lot of reading on lilith because i do want to do a lilith book at some point um she's fucking everywhere um so sorry she just got kicked out of like the christian bible but essentially that's um the story of lilith which i've co-signed on is you know um adam you know she's made like whatever fucking from god whatever so basically women Lilith was created as a fucking sex doll so Adam could do whatever the fuck he wanted and she refused him like the, a lot of the interpretations say that Lilith refused Adam and was like I don't want to have sex with you and God and Adam were kind of like that's why you're here and she was like mm, I'm not though and she fucked off and basically then they came up with all these things that she's like the queen of hell and like all of her children are demons and she's just like super over sexualized being but most of the interpretations that I have seen are just that she refused she had sexual autonomy she refused to like have sex with Adam or refused to be like an object for Adam's pleasure and then my other favorite interpretation is because a lot of people say that you know forbidden fruit and then apple is probably a pomegranate and that like the devil whatever basically like Eve went off got her pussy ate by somebody else um and that got them fucking kicked out of the garden so it wasn't wasn't fucking yeah so so those are my favorite, those are my favorite, favorite, favorite 
takes, interpretations, whatever you want to call them. But I'm like, all right, y'all, like, the fuck you think you're reading? Yeah, <laughs> like, this it, was not a fucking Granny Smith apple, all right? And yeah. Jesus wasn't white. Well, yeah, no, it just says the, for, the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, which can mean so many different things, right? Yeah. And, and one thing that I'll throw in, and we will talk more about this because I need to research a lot more about this, but um, the there I forgot which books, like there are books in the Jewish Bible, which is also mm -hmm. part of the Christian Bible, that actually do mention Lilith. They just got yeah. translated out in modern translations. Like yep. there's a ton of mentions of her throughout the Old Testament um, as Gospel different Thomas things. came out. There's a whole, like there's a timeline of translations where it's like Lilith got kicked out at this point like gospel of Thomas got kicked out at this point, which was like super, super spiritual, like gospel of Thomas. So like a lot of Christians didn't vibe with we'll that. The, the floating talking cross, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, and then, you know, like even now we all know that like, um, uh, Oh, you shouldn't lie. Man shouldn't lie with man. That came out in a translation in the seventies for hundreds of yeah. years. That was don't lie with children. That yeah, was the, that was the, that. yeah. Um, so, you know, it, there's a whole political timeline of translations of the Bible throughout time that have been to serve the purpose of, of controlling people and controlling a narrative. So started with, started, started with Lilith probably is one of the earlier you know ones. What? I, I'm calling it now. We're going to, what we're going to do with the excursion podcast. All right. We're going to just <laughs> gather a bunch of people. Okay. We're going to walk through this and this won't, we won't fucking record this shit. We'll do a fucking live show. I don't give a shit. We're going to go through <laughs> all this shit and we're going to find the original shit. Okay. And we're going to be like, nah, gospel of Thomas with the giant floating cross is weird, but we're going to include it because it's fucking there. Mary we're Magdalene. We're going to have a whole yeah, gospel, of Mary Magdalene gospel of Judas. It's Gnostic. I don't personally like it, but we'll include it. You know, we're going to put this shit together. We're going to have fucking loads of this goddamn Bible. And we're going to say, all right, now what religion do we fucking have? We are going all to right. live stream a brand new, like, I feel like it's like going to be a Parks and Rec, like, brand new Council of Nemea, where we just <laughs> fucking cherry pick whatever the hell we want. And we can just put it in there. Only if I will, I will participate on, on one condition, which is, can I have a old school church felt board with Bible Bible characters? Oh, we are doing a we, we are one hundred percent doing our own flannel board. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yes! and we will do a video. We will do a video of the history of of the Bible with a flannel board. With a flannel board. I love that. Oh my god, we're downloading the Bible DLC. It's and great. Then, and then. And then with the flannel board, we were we're gonna you know break it up into multiple movies. Each movie is gonna be taken yeah. by a different thing. Yeah. We're gonna get Phil Vischer in on this. We're gonna have him do a Veggie Tales <laughs> episode. Yeah. We're gonna get fucking uh, I don't I don't fucking know Bill yeah. Nye. I don't he don't know if he's Christian, but I want fucking <laughs> Bill Nye to do an episode on the science of creation. <sighs> we're gonna get all. We're no. We're this is gonna be big. All right, guys. Uh, we're doing this. We're doing Bill, this. Bill and I would hate doing an episode on the. But the that's what would be. That's because we're not going to talk so about good. creation. We're going to uh, exactly. We're going to talk about the fucking Big Bang, yeah. and then we're going to talk yeah. about how the Big Bang and fucking Jesus, God, whatever, is the same fucking shit. Yeah. The same fucking yeah. shit. But we're going to use a felt board, yeah, and then we're going to have cold Papa John's pizza, and then we're going to stay oh, in a church. And everyone gets and half a slice. <laughs> and then we're going to an off-brand like great value cola. Um, and then uh, we're gonna stay in a church lobby for like twelve hours, locked in inexplicably somehow for Jesus. 
I don't know how. So, yeah, it's going to be weeks. It's going to be the new Council of Nicaea. Um, it said it's going to be like the. Let, let me think of some fucking place. Not Nicaea. Um, like the Council of fucking Orange County or some shit, or yeah. Council of fucking Nashville. Council of Nashville. Yeah. Yeah. Council Nashville. of fucking. Yes, the no. Council of fucking. Yes, no. <laughs> uh, and then we'll just lock ourselves in, and it's fine because if one of us dies, we'll just have a resurrection service. Exactly. Oh, so dark, so dark. <laughs> but I'm okay with dark humor. If you're not, I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> so sorry. Genuinely. Yeah. That's why we have <laughs> episode triggers in the <laughs> Yep. So if you haven't read the episode description, it's all in there. Holy <laughs> shit. Oh. Okay. So that's all damn, that there's so much. We are one hundred percent gonna have to have an episode. Maybe our we'll do a Halloween special with you in on it or something and talk yes. about Lilith. I feel like that's a good time. Yes. Um because we're love also that. I think we also talked about having Delaney come back on as well, who I just introduced you to Delaney as well. Mm-hmm. Um and she's done a lot of research. I mean her whole thing is folklore and like fairy tales and, and all that shit. Like it's awesome. Um, so we're gonna probably do like a whole Halloween special. I don't know. I can't promise this. So don't you, if mean, you're listening, like I mean. fuck you. you. Keep me accountable, but also don't fuck you. Um, I say a lot of shit. Okay. Uh, Jake tells down. me to stop. <laughs> Jake tells me to stop saying shit, and I say no. I'm- um, but we <laughs> have, you should stop uh, saying shit on air. That's what you should stop doing. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, yeah. But no, it's fuck you. Um, yeah. Uh, no, nah, I won't. Um, <laughs> I, I don't got that much time. I got a fucking full-time job. Are you shit. kidding me? Yeah. Um, so we have some questions from some yeah. fans of both the podcast mm-hmm. and of you who've asked a lot of different questions. Um, so a couple of them you may have answered, but it could mm-hmm. be helpful to just kind of go over them. So yeah. the first yeah. question um, yeah. is by the almighty Gabe. Um, Gabe is one of our good friends who does a petty prayer for every one of our episodes. Gabe, love we it. love you. Um, I love that. He has one question, and this one is with the caveat of instead of the resurrection service, so we won't talk about okay, that, okay. Um, we'll and instead that. of the purity we'll circle. So yep. things that you have already mentioned, we won't I haven't talk about mentioned that. yet. So, I haven't mentioned yet. Yes. Yep. So he said, what was the craziest or strangest thing that you saw or experienced while at Bethel? Mm. Oh, that's good. Um, I would say those two are definitely the craziest, but there was a lot. Um, I think... One of the craziest things I think I ever saw, like, kind of while at Bethel was, um, I think just like the whole attitude of like the youth conferences that we would go to, like, those were just the thought. Now I look back at them and I was like, this is, this was brainwashing. Like this was legitimately brainwashing. But I think that that was always, when I look back, those were kind of the most insane moments to me when I, I think about like the things that they were saying and like, it's just you can so clearly identify like what's being done to manipulate people. Um, you know, even down to like, I've had friends who were worship majors at Christian colleges and, you know, they've said like, Oh no, we are taught specifically like play these chords because they psychologically create a reaction in people and people will think that it's God. Well, I'm not, oh, I don't know if they so say so much fucking sense. I don't, let me rephrase. They were told like, play these chords because it gets an emotional reaction. I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing a little when I say like, you know, and then people will assume that. Oh it's yeah. Right. It's for an altar um, call. Yeah. You know, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. I think w- that was always really strange to me. Just the manipulation in so many little like bizarre, insane, insipidous ways. And then 
uh, I remember we were going like caroling in a nursing home at some time, like at some shit. I think I was like maybe 10 or 11 years old. Um, I don't think we were quite Bethel yet. So I don't know if this is a crazy Bethel thing so much as it's a crazy um, just ev evangelical thing. Um, but like I was 10. So like I feel like, mo like most kids are still kind of like somewhat androgynous at that age, you know. So I was like in a big white church van and like a boy... Uh, we were like getting off at this nursing home to do whatever, like pulled my pants down and I just, you know, like pulled it back or whatever. Like, not great. Don't do that to people. But like, it's not like we were 16, 17. Like it was still kind of riding that line between like boys thought like, you know, underwear was funny kind of thing. Um, and I remember like I got in trouble and like for the rest of the trip, I had to like stay by the leaders the whole time. And like, I had to sit in the front of the van on the way home. And like, I was the one who like, was being a Jezebel, I guess, and like tempting people. So like they had to keep an eye on me. And then you were 10. I was 10. I was 10. I was firmly 10 years old. And then um, I remember like the parents of the boys found out and were like mortified. So they were like, oh, we're going to bring the boys over like this weekend and like make them formally apologize. And I, I remember like telling my mom that morning, like, I'm super uncomfortable with this. Like, I don't like, I'm embarrassed. I don't want to do this. this is really weird for me. Like, I don't want these like boys to come over and like sit in the formal dining room with all of our parents and like have them. Like, I remember saying I'm, I'm uncomfortable. Like the context of that being like, I'm being further traumatized by this. I'm uncomfortable. And I remember my mom saying like, well, it's not about you. It's about them. And like, they need to, do this to feel better and like it's the right thing for them to do like you just need to sit down and like let it happen and like and it was so fucking awkward because it was a bunch of fucking kids and they came over with like flowers which is super fucking weird and like apology cards they had written thing that happened um and i think that was one of the crazier the crazier like evangelical experiences I had. Um, I do think it's fascinating that Chris Valatin, in addition to writing um, a book, they eventually redid the cover. So it's called Sexual Revolution now. It's by uh, Chris Valatin. Um, but when I got my hands on it, i.e. when it was given to me, it was called Purity. And it had like a white and gold cover on it, you know, with a fucking dove. Um, it was nasty. Uh, so he wrote that book and I had to read it. My parents made me read that. And then he also wrote a book and the irony of this just like never ceases to amaze me. The irony of this is he also wrote a book on like empowering women in the church, like how women, like women's role in the church, like how women, like, like your feminine mantle or some shit. Like he wrote some book that was about like supposed to be like, you know, girl bossing basically. And I had to read that one too. And I just remember being like, couple years later, like, why the fuck? But why did a man write this? Like, why did a man, why did a, why did a man write this? And it was still very specifically though, like, but these are the gate, like, these are the boundaries that you play in as a woman, you know? So um, I don't know if many people know that, but like, he has two books, like he's got multiple books out, but like, you can find Sexual Revolution, which was once called just Purity by Chris Dalton. And then, you know, this middle-aged right man thought, you know what God's asking me to do? Write a manual for women. Like, that's what God's asking me to do. Me, me, the middle-aged, the middle-aged white man who gave a sermon that said she. Oh, <laughs> did I go out? Am I back? Oh, I think you're, yeah, you're back. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
Um, yeah. So he, he wrote that. And I remember being like, it's fucking weird. Fucking weird. Um, very bizarre. Just very bizarre. They always had like green rooms when they would come speak and like do conferences at our church. Um, they always got taken out to like dinner and all this shit. And I just would be like, this feels weird. Like they're not celebrities. Like this, this is, feels weird. Like this does, this is like very literally for going biblically here, the opposite of Christ-like. Um, so they, they absolutely, the egos on these guys are, they think that they are fucking rock stars. Like Chris Allison, a thousand percent believes he is a fucking old Testament prophet. Um, which is hilarious because he testified that Trump would win re-election and that the election would also get overturned. So he was wrong twice and then had to issue a public apology. So and, and Old Testament prophets were hated by the people that they were speaking despised. to. And he's despised. he's loved by his church, but he's despised Adored. by the rest of us. So maybe he is a prophet. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe he is. In, by some definitions. So I think those, those are some of the weirder fucking things that happened. Just in general, I remember it was like always i just it was weird they just absolutely thought that they were the shit like they had green rooms when they came to visit like chris Felton wrote a really preoccupied with women's women's stuff chris Felton. so weird that's why he's the one that i want to i want to fight you can take bill on i'll take chris <laughs> sounds great all right Nice. I, I still need to find out who I'm gonna fight, but uh, there's more. Yeah, you can pick one. Just roll off. Yeah, there's more. Do the entirety of yeah. Jesus culture in the in the mosh. No, wait. I want to take Jesus culture in the mosh pit. You can fight Bill Johnson. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Sounds good. I, I think I think I'll just pick some random guy standing in the corner. I'm like, yeah, yeah. you. We're fighting. We're just let's go, go find somebody. Just go find somebody who's Nashville sexy. They'll be. You'll know that they'll be affiliated. Just find the next guy go. and just take him out. You're good. All right. <laughs> so our next question here is from uh, N.D. Fessenden. I think I'm pronouncing it that right. If I'm not, I'm s sorry. I'm dyslexic. Don't blame me. Uh, <laughs> and so the question is, do you feel you'll ever write an autobiography about your time at Bethel or just about your life experience in general? Um, I don't know. Maybe. Like, never say never, I guess. Um, I don't know if people would like give that much of a shit. Um, I'm pretty fucking open about it. Like I'm obviously on this podcast. I have a, a, a decently sized Instagram and social media presence and I talk about it very openly there, but I just feel like there's something about a book that's maybe just like a little bit of a step further that I, I don't know if I would do. Um, but I've thought about it for sure, because I think like maybe not an autobiography cause I don't think I'm that interesting, but like a collection of essays kind of thing of like, and then this shit happened. Um, but I also do like, I, I have respect for my family and stuff like that. So I would want to be careful about, you know, just, I don't know, like it's, maybe it's a thin line, like coming on a podcast and writing a book. I don't, it's not like, you know, it's a thin line, but, um, I'm still, you know, I've, I've played with the idea never say never, but sometimes I think a book might be a bit much. Um, but who knows? I, I could always get angry enough. You could do the <laughs> allegory of like, you know, one of your, like a fantasy, you know, like mm. one of your novels, you know, yeah. doing that There's and have a it lot like of really that. you. There's a lot of that in, in the first one. I mean, it's historical, so it's not like a direct allegory, um, but like broad themes for sure. Um, but I could do a real like Devil Wears Prada. No, it's not about Anna Wintour. It's like, I mean, the woman who wrote that was her assistant and then was like, no, it wasn't. It's not a biography. It's fiction. 
turned around and <laughs> wrote Devil Wars Prada. So I could, I could always do that. I could always go that route. Hamalimas and her adventures chance, in Bethelheim. <laughs> <laughs> that, wait, that's a great. That's a great <laughs> name. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna steal that name, Bethelheim, for like a yeah. uh, D and D campaign. Like, that's actually pretty fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> There's a city called Bethelheim. We leave. <laughs> that's, that's... <laughs> Literally with our group, that's exactly what happened. We leave. We leave. And we leave. <laughs> Step one, how do you leave? You are now on the Hill of Songs. <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> you have to reach a higher elevation. Oh, God. The elevation warship. I'm just, this is just fun. Okay, I, I have many ideas. I'm gonna You're just like that's it. I'm doing a I'm just gonna yeah yeah campaign. We I that was, was actually, thinking of doing like, that. I was actually oh we, I was considering doing that. Um, and to. we I did have yeah we might we who knows who knows maybe there will be a podcast at some point a D and D podcast is like a deconstruction D and D podcast. Now I'm having ideas I that. that I didn't have before. So there you, you know who knows. Escape from Bethelheim. There we go. I love it. Um, so, um, another question. Um, these two, I think, are similar, so I'm going to group okay. them together. Yeah. One comes from um, Halima underscore Nakoa. Um, they okay. asked, what are some tips on recovering from religious trauma? I feel like you've already mentioned mm. that, and we talk about that a lot. Mm -hmm. Go to therapy. Um, but yeah. if you have any more, obviously. Um, but the yeah. second one comes from Delaney. Um, and so she asked, in some of your Instagram lives and your stories, you have talked about using practices like tarot to revive a mm -hmm. spiritual connection after you've deconstructed yep. your Christian upbringing. Could you mm -hmm. talk more about that and how you continue to find spiritual connections in your life and mm -hmm. practices? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I would say definitely like tips for tips for, you know, deconstructing. Um, number one, just go to therapy, like have a professional do that. Um, I would say, but like, as like big sister advice, I would just say my number one thing was be like, please have grace with yourself. Um, you are, there's enough judgment and condemnation when you're in religion. Don't do it to yourself once you're out. Um, I struggled a lot with being again, like, you know, those reconstruct, I watched that reconstruction, reconstruction, deconstruction, resurrection. Um, like I remember seeing some of that insane shit from Bethel made me feel so embarrassed that I believed it. And I, you know, guilted myself a lot for that. Don't do that don't do that. Like it's, it's brainwashing for a reason. Like, you know, most of us were probably minors because we were raised in it. I'm assuming. Um, so I would say go to therapy. Um, <laughs> you know, but my softball advice would be like, just please have grace with yourself. Um, you don't like, don't judge yourself for that kind of stuff. Um, it's important to make amends and, and always be learning how you can be better. Um, and especially understanding if you've had hurtful viewpoints in the past, what you can do to rectify that. But um, that being said, there's no reason to to dogpile on yourself and, and hate yourself for stuff that like, especially in my case, I was a fucking minor. Like that shit happened to me. It didn't, I didn't choose it. Um, so I'd say, I'd say the big one there is have grace for yourself. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's, that's big. Um, yeah. If I can uh, add, yeah. are you going to continue with the uh, recovery? Yeah, I can. can uh, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, um, so I, I, I would, I would say as well. Yeah. So I, um, I don't have a name for it, but you know, I am very much a very practicing, a practicing spiritual person. So I have like, I guess the closest I could say is I do have a Wicca practice um, because, you know, as much as there were things like, Hey, certain chords at the altar call, like do manipulate you into feel like as much as a lot of, you know, the bulk of 
my spiritual journey when I was growing up was manipulated, you know, and, and told to me and I was kind of gaslit and, and manipulated into feeling, you know, what I thought were strong feelings that were really just being, you know, puppeteered. Um, there was still, I had very genuine experiences when I was alone and things like that in, in prayer and in meditation and that connection to higher power, whatever you want to call it. Um, that was something that was still really, really important to me. And, you know, I spent a lot of time once I was like, I'm leaving the church like around 20, I read the Quran cover to back. Um, I read a bunch of like Hindu holy texts. Um, I read a bunch of like Buddhist holy texts. Um, I did a lot of like very literal studying. Um, and honestly, I kind of fucking cherry picked what worked for me, um, which ironically the evangelicals do too. <laughs> um, differences. I'm not passing legislation. Um, no, I, I, went oh. with things. <laughs> hey! um, I went with things that brought me peace. And, you know, again, more importantly that like I practice individually and do not like force on other people. Um, and I just went with things that resonated with me. Um, Tara was a really, really big one for me as well. Um, just a way to kind of like, you know, be meditative and to reflect on, on bigger things helps me a lot. Um, also, I'm still a fucking big journaler above all else. I feel like everybody, you know, journal, I think journaling's huge with evangelicals, but I've kept that practice up. So like that helps quite a bit too. Um, and um, I meditate a lot as well. I do still meditate. I don't pray to any in anyone really in particular, um, but I meditate quite a bit, which has been huge. So um, I kind of just pieced my way through the rest of the world and found practices that brought me peace in the end, um, Tara being one and meditation being another and a couple other things. So I think that's the most important thing that you can do because I think a lot of times leaving religion, you know, it's, you leave the church and you're like, but I'm not, you know, for some, like some people, you know, are agnostic or atheist after that. And I'm, you know, again, believe whatever the fuck you want. I could give a flying fuck. Um, you have to find what works for you at the end of the day. That's what anybody has to do anywhere all the time, like at your job, whatever, like you have to find what works for you. And I still felt a hole when I left religion. And I still kind of felt like, I don't think that I'm agnostic. I don't think that I'm atheist. I do believe that there's kind of some something happening here. Um, but uh, I don't believe that there's some white man sky daddy like controlling everything. And, you know, we're fucked <laughs> unless you like act a certain way. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of combination with that too. Cause like I grew up, you know, Tara was the devil and all that shit. So I had, Plenty of moments where I felt really guilty because something that was bringing me peace, I was taught for years was going to, you know, send me straight to hell. So that also goes back to finding grace for yourself. Um, but I think it's just about, again, finding what works for you and the key difference being not imposing it on others. Yeah. I, um, there's, there's some people that I follow. And, I, and also, if you're listening to this, um, we've done a few episodes kind of about this with different people as well, if you want a little bit more. Um, as well. And so look up our episode with the naked pastor slash David mm -hmm. Hayward. Um, Joe Lumen talked best. about it. Um, also when we had the dirty Ron church kids on last year, they talked about some of the stuff that they've yeah. done. Um, but yeah. I know me, Jake and Bonnie have also said it. And I mean, when it comes to trauma, which is my specialty, <laughs> um, relationship, like find, find close friends. Yep. If you yep. don't have them, find them, um, how you find yep. them. That's up to you. Um, yeah. I, I don't know what your hobbies are, but try to find some, join a soccer league. If you're into sports or soccer, <laughs> particularly join a, you're just going to find other church people. Yeah, if you go to a soccer league, 
Okay. If you're well, trying to uh, leave a church, I don't, I don't play fucking. I don't play fucking soccer. Okay, go oh, whatever. I, I like, you know, so, fucking church. Go find friends. Leagues. Go find friends. You know, <laughs> go find um, friends. somehow I and yeah, church. You know, is an easy place to find friends, unfortunately. But maybe there's a church that's yeah. welcoming to people of all faiths. Yeah. You know, like yeah, there, yeah. there those those exist. Um, but yeah, safe, safe, and welcoming. Uh, an inclusive friendship is the uh, is one of the best healers for trauma, and so um, and therapy, obviously. But oh, God bless my therapist. She, yeah, I make her work for her money. <laughs> she, she, she gets every penny. She gets every penny. <laughs> oh. Thank God for therapy. Thank, thank divine, thank universe, thank whatever. <laughs> thank divine, fuck. <laughs> oh fuck, because we were a vineyard church before we were a Bethel, so fucking all the vine imagery. Yeah. Oh yeah. Be just throwing up internally. Same, perpetually, like for the past like two years, just throwing up internally. <laughs> 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 right. Uh, spe speaking of uh, the divine and gender neutrality, um, also, uh, D Delaney, you also asked, uh, there's been a great movement uh, to the divine feminine and of you, gods, and religion through the feminine gaze. Has this mm -hmm. uh, played any role in your spiritual journey, or has it influenced you yeah. in any way? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, it's somewhat tough for me to explain, not because... Uh, I think it's like difficult in any way, but just because like I do have kind of what I call like a hodgepodge, um, I'll say like diet Wicca practice. Um, but I think the number like I work with, I meditate on, I try to channel like more divine feminine energies than anything else. Um, the book series that I'm working on now like is Greek myth, but I'm specifically doing like underworld goddesses, like goddesses that you know like there's enough fucking books about zeus whatever like i'm specifically doing and i've baked you know <laughs> slowly indoctrinating people to the dark side um i've baked in a lot of stuff about the you know kind of into the in 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 the divine feminine kind of into those stories like there was a reason i wanted to write about nyx who was like the god of she was the goddess of night and she was they've said like and this goes beyond christianity but like she was the only god that zeus was afraid of but we only ever talk about zeus we never talk about her so I was like, I'm gonna write that bitch a book. Um, and then I just had a release come out that was Hecate, who is the goddess of witchcraft and ghosts and dogs. And I was like, I love all of those things. What the fuck? Um, so, I mean, I'm wearing a, a triple moon right now, um, like a pagan triple moon. So um, I work a lot with divine feminine. I think the thing that is fascinating, I wish I had more receipts because I need to do more study, but there is, I attended a class. Um, if you don't follow Stephanie Green, she's a wonderful follow. Um, she has like an online community where she does classes and there's a lot of deconstruction stuff, especially around the divine feminine. Um, and Inanna was one of the original like maternal goddesses who was very, very popular like Mesopotamia, like Middle Eastern area. Um, and there's a lot of evidence of how basically like Christianity just kind of came in and said, fuck that shit and like wiped out Inanna and went with a patriarchal God. And most, a lot of pre-Christian religions were, were driven more by divine feminine than they were, than they were divine masculine. Um, Abrahamic religions were some of the first ones to, to push heavy on a divine masculine. Now there were lots of pantheons prior, like obviously lots of religions have like multiple gods and things like that, but 
if they were somewhat monotheistic, then prior to, you know, pre-Christianity, like it was a lot of divine feminine. So that's been huge for me to study and like meditate on and kind of trying to re-channel in myself because that's something that's also kind of like beat out of you because like I was raised in a patriarchal environment where like my number one fucking goal in life was do not have sex until you are fucking married. Like, you know, I, I was raised in an environment where like, I didn't belong to myself. Like I belonged to my dad and I belonged to God. And then one day I belonged to my husband. Like that's how this fucking worked. So there's also a lot of personal stuff in it for me where just my particular brand of deconstruction is so focused around sex and purity culture and the divine feminine. I work a lot with those energies and I study about them because that's what that was missing. Like that was never a thing um, for me. I was raised so so deeply ingrained in patriarchal cult evangelicalism. Um, you know, that's something different. Like I, you know, I just love it. So I, I love reading that kind of stuff. I'm very into mythology. I still occasionally will like pray to the old gods, like, fuck it. I will, I will all wake up on a Tuesday and, and do it just cause I feel like I should. Um, but like, it's great. It's, you know, I, so that's a big, I have, um, I, I actually have, I have tattoos on my, well, I have a lot of tattoos, but on my ankle, I have the sigil of Lilith right under and it's right underneath the sigil of Hecate which is the triple the triple goddess pagan moon so um I do a lot of shit with the divine feminine which I don't think is surprising when you're deconstructing so much around like sex and femininity um but I think that that is so important because it absolutely like was beaten out of the church literally like they stole most of that shit so um I mean prior to Christianity You've got like the snake in the Old Testament is the one who gives, you know, Eve the apple or eats Eve out, depending on your interpretation. Um, but prior to the snake appearing in the Old Testament, snakes were not evil in multiple cultures. They were very, very holy and they were um, they represented women like it was female deities that were associated with snakes. And that was super, super, super fucking like powerful and wonderful and good. And then Christianity came in and like, you know. It's very propaganda. -y. They made the snake evil, which is also why I have a snake tattoo. <laughs> so, um, so it's a very long-winded answer. Who Lilith. ate Eve and then blew Adam? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. That's what I'm signing up for. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, right. I mean, I don't believe that Genesis is real, but you know, I don't think it happened. But you yeah. know, I think that that's it's the folklore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, awesome. Jake, do you have any other questions? I I think that any question that I had was answered. So. Jake, Jake is like, if you open your mouth again, I'm going to get another repressed <laughs> fucking memory, and no. I don't want to be a part of this anymore. No, I don't want to play that at all. No. I want to get off Mr. Bones while I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, this was great. Definitely. I mean, we would love to get you on again and talk more about the Lilith stuff because I think that day, is something baby. I've all been, um, I know for myself, like connecting with the divine feminine, my inner feminine, mm -hmm. all that other stuff has yep. been huge in my own deconstruction, at least recently, the decolonization yep. stuff. And so I'd love yep. to be able to talk more about what that looks like and, and all that. So we definitely will have it. you back on. Um, but you have wait. a you have a book that's coming out soon. I right? have one. I have uh, just came out. So actually, it's the oh. it's the Hakate one came out last week. So goddess oh, awesome. of witchcraft and dogs and ghosts and necromancy uh, and all that good shit. So um, I yeah, that came out last week. So if you feel like reading some Greek myth, 
um, that's been bastardized by me and features <laughs> egregious, um, egregious eating out. Actually, you know, bring the, I stole that straight from the old hey, testament. Yo. Um, all right, all right. Then there you go. There you go. It's out now. So yeah, the, that's our the Hakate one. It's out now. Yeah. And they can <laughs> you can they can. I'm assuming people can get that on Amazon, pretty much. Amazon. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. 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 It's all awesome. Linked in places, I guess. I don't know. Great. It's, it's out and there. Then, it's out there. And then, so if people want to get connected to you in any way, what are your handles on all the I am, uh, I'm the bibliophile blonde on everything. And by everything, I mean Instagram and TikTok. Um, I'm not on Twitter. <laughs> I'm not on Twitter. I'm not on Facebook. Um, you can find me in either one of those places. Uh, I'm pretty fucking accessible. I'm not a therapist, but if you have, you know, any more questions about my journey, I am pretty open with it um even more so if you can believe it in the dms so if you've got any questions um you know where to find me i'm there on on both platforms and uh you know i turned off the screen alerts on my phone a long time ago i don't get those i'm there a lot so i'm just I'm just waiting waiting to talk to you <laughs> just waiting well, awesome. in the darkness <laughs> waiting in the darkness like lilith in yeah. the garden yeah exactly <laughs> well thank you so much molly this was such a good conversation there was so much that we yep. talked about um yep. definitely appreciate you and your time uh with Absolutely. us so thank you yeah it's fun i can't wait we'll chat lilith we'll do our felt board council of nashville oh that'll be so much fun no <laughs> it's gonna be great Marty, think of people i'm like all right we gotta get this person i get this yeah, it'll be so good i'm imagining like a better star wars christmas special but like that's the energy i want to bring in we're gonna this. get like, similar in to do all the music kevin garcia is gonna <laughs> be there to be our narrator like we're gonna yes, get a whole thing yes. it's gonna be it's, yeah it's yeah, gonna yeah. be yeah we're stacking this shit can we get yeah, david right, crowder totally. or like third day maybe can we lie and just have them show mm. up and they won't know yeah like a yeah, borat thing where they don't know what they're or, showing or, up for skillet Fucking i want to get skillet, skillet. Yeah, oh yeah. i want to fight him skillet. Yeah. Yeah. Skillet. Yeah. oh yeah with those totally absolutely not at all rapey lyrics yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and then him, you know, saying let's have a war on people deconstructing. So, you know, there's, oh, yeah, there's a lot great. of. No, I'll yeah, never yeah. forget that. Yeah, I'll never by, forget that. I'm going <laughs> even, the people I'm going that are fighting the system. Back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going, and then uh, Toby Mac, because do y'all ever. Sorry, that was an accident. <laughs> <laughs> uh, was it wasn't until like a couple months ago. I don't know how I stumbled across it. Oh, I was making a playlist, and it was like songs that unfortunately. Uh, songs for people deconstructing that unfortunately still slap. And it was like all the shitty like Christian rock from the 2000s, but ended up on a Toby Mac thing. And I was like, wait a minute. Do you guys realize that Toby Mac had an album called Diverse City? The white man, Toby Mac, did this whole thing about like from Detroit, Diverse City, white man, Toby Mac. And I was like, how the fuck did we let this happen? Toby, uh, Toby Mac gives me a certain type of trauma from missions trips, and that's all I'm going to say about that one. <laughs> uh. Oh, God. Oh, God. It's cool, guys. It's rap music. Or we don't... Uh, we're relatable. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Molly. Thanks, if you guys. would like to follow her, we will also <laughs> link her Instagram and TikTok into our show notes. Um, so DM her, follow her, buy her books on Amazon, um, I have heard they are great. Um, <laughs> hopefully, whoever that siren is there for is going to be okay. You know, I live across the street from a. Um, I didn't know this when I moved in, but I lived across the street from a uh, an inpatient uh, rehab. So unfortunately, oh. unfortunately, the sirens are somewhat frequent. 
because it's a different yeah movie. yeah that makes yeah. sense yeah 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 so it's okay my parents used to pray every yeah. time they heard a siren so i just purposely don't now <laughs> oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah definitely. i just manifest you know good good vibes or something good vibes baby good vibes baby you're <laughs> you're yeah, a siren parents are like omg let's pray let's oh do God, that and be God. like your audio went <laughs> <out> there <laughs> yeah. i think this is a good time to stop <laughs>we really appreciate you, Molly. <laughs> like, yes. Yes. We we talked with her for another, I think, 30 minutes after we stopped the recording. Just about shit. We have plans, guys. We have plans. Daniel has found where Bethel is, and he will be there. Uh, no, I'm not going to. It's actually two hours from where I'm going to be staying next week uh, or the week that this episode comes out. But I want to go and find Bethel, and we, we have plans. Okay? That's what we all need to know. We're gonna find Bethel. That, and no, be... we're not. We're not inciting violence. Okay, Apple or whoever's listening to this, we're not going to burn down a fucking church. No, the plans are gonna be like flipping fucking Bill Johnson off or some shit. I mean, whatever. All completely legal within the free speech umbrella. Yes. 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 All completely legal, non-violent. Yes. Uh, but yes. very, very pissed off. Yes, I'm not violent, but I'm angry. Exactly. And we will continue our treks to Bethelheim uh, very yeah, soon. Bethelheim! <laughs> oh, man. You know, honestly, we gotta start... Honestly, like, we really need to start that, that like, a D&D podcast. I feel like it would be fun. I feel like it would be fun. I feel, like, I feel like it's good for, like, three episodes, maybe, and then just, like, no, we can't. We can't. Great. It's too much. Great. It's too triggering. It short. We do a short series. All right. Sounds sounds good. We'll do a short. Do, do uh, it kind of like the Dimension Twenty, or, you know, where we do a little. Yeah, sounds epic. Alrighty then. Um. So, I mean, first of all, we should just move on to uh, the fucking news right off the bat. No intro this time for the fucking news, uh, because holy shit, are we? Fuck Scotus. Fuck Scotus. Um. As everyone should know what has been going on, um, the Supreme Court of the United States, SCOTUS for short, uh, has uh, essentially overturned a, a law or a trial that has been in practice for over 50 years now, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, or we had a for, whole episode on yeah. this before, like at least like the when it was put out. So you can go listen yeah. to that, like four episodes ago, I think. I think it was the Joe exactly. Lehman episode. Yeah, but this one has this time it's been officially overturned, which means that it is up to individual states whether or not to um, rule uh, if abortions should be legal or illegal within their states. And there are a lot of states that have already banned abortions. So, and then there's a lot of them that are, like, immediately right next to each other. We're talking, like, 
creating almost a blockade of states that are, have banned abortions. However, there have been some efforts from other states, uh, like California. California is probably, or at least it might help that and we live here. Yeah, yeah, and New York. California and New York, it might help that uh, we live in California, but they've been very vocal about um, wanting to be a safe haven for um, people looking to get an abortion. And so if you uh, do decide to uh, get one, uh, they will not only like allow you to get an abortion in these safe states if you come from out of state, but also they will not turn over any records uh, taken within that, like any anything that's outside uh, your home state's jurisdiction, they will not help in any means in order to uh, turn you over to your home state's uh, law. And that is something that is necessary uh, for every single state that it... Yeah, it's necessary, but it shouldn't be. Every single state should have some form of health care and or women's health care, especially when it comes to uh, allowing uh, what used to be the constitutional right for abortion and also what used to be the and privacy. Yeah, privacy. Because now, now um, I mean, it's not even just that. It's like, I mean, you have the um, you have you have certain companies like big companies that are saying like, oh, if you need an abortion, like, you know, let us know and we'll pay for you to do a ball. Like, you, you shouldn't like Roe versus Wade made it so you didn't have to. Yeah. Uh, say that you were going to go get one because that's a private matter. And also, I think I, I don't know how exactly it's going to work, but the problem with corporations saying that they can uh, they, they will help you with an abortion um, they are still privy to warrants if there are any, if there are, is anything that will get a company to comply, it's a warrant and if they provide medical care for an abortion and they get a warrant to turn over any information about said abortion, they are legally required to turn over that information or allow the uh, Department of Justice in that state to look through all any of all of their files to look at that abortion, um, look into you getting an abortion. There's basically, it's going to sound like a conspiracy theory, but if you are in a state that bans abortions and you still need or want to get an abortion, then you need to be a conspiracy theorist about all of this. Because this is fucked up to all hell. Yeah. And I'm not going to sit here, I'm not going to freaking mansplain anything about this. Because I feel like people, there's a lot of information out there, you can find it. And also, if you're a person with a uterus, you know a lot better than me. Um, but I, the one thing that I do want to say is I did see a story uh, recently that was really heartbreaking. Um, that as soon as this happened, a woman had gone into the hospital, um, I guess, uh, like weeks prior. She had, um, she had like an issue with the baby and they said, you know, hey, like they have this, um, like your, your fetus has this issue. If you want, you can get an, like the chances of it living is this. If you want, we could perform an abortion. She said no. Then they said, well, now it has a, like a disability, like a developmental disability. If you want to have an abortion, you can do it. She said no. Um, and then uh, it continued to go forward where she kept saying, no, I want to see my child. It got down to where I think there was, I forgot what the term is, but essentially, I think it went septic. Is that a term? Um, essentially, she had a, she got down to being, she had like a 1% chance to live. Um, if 
if she were to birth the child or something like that. Um, regardless, what happened was an hour before um, she went into the hospital. That's when, boom, Roe v. Wade was overturned. Um, and her, the state that she lived in immediately banned abortions, which doesn't just include people who are doing it because they don't want a child. It also means people who are getting medically um, like necessary procedures in order to ensure the life of the mother. And so this mother had a 1% chance of living. Um, and it took the doctor hours to be able to do anything because they had to sit in a, in a fucking room to get freaking, uh, to go, go with a lawyer to try to find loopholes. Because if not, then that doctor gets her license, re uh, rebuked and that fucking sucks. Um, and like that, that's the shit that is happening. Thankfully the woman, uh, was able, they were able to successfully, um, I think essentially abort the child um, through a lot of legal means. Um, she was able to live, um, and it's a very morbid story. Um, there are pictures and stuff too. I'm not going to share that because that it was very morbid. And I saw it on fucking Facebook of all places. Um, but stuff like that is absolutely horrific, and that's the reality for a lot of people. And so, like, we understand um, and we know and we hear you. For those of you with the uterus, who this has been affecting a lot more than Jake and I. Um, since as far as I know, Jake doesn't have a uterus. I know I don't. Um, um last time I checked, I'm uh, uterus free. Yeah. So. And so it doesn't affect us in the same way that it affects you, but we are still angry. Um and and angsty and all of the whatever words. Um so I've gotten into many arguments, um <laughs> or or not even just arguments. Like I I'm not even arguing with people. I'm just saying, like, no, actually this is other evidence like here let me you know show you a little bit different like here's some other stories hey what about this have you checked this perspective but all over fucking social media people have been dming me i had i almost had a close relationship with a professor from a professor over it because i'm like yo look bro you're fucking attacking me i can't we we can't be fucking doing this and so it's been a very polarizing thing um and uh you know who's to blame is the fucking christian right so evangelicals you can fuck right off exactly and uh, there's just there's just so much bullshit going on right now especially like within american politics um especially within the supreme court itself there are so many laws that are being uh that are being put into question uh because or not laws but um trials former trials that are being put into question because of this uh overturn of roe v wade their justification for overturning roe v wade is that privacy is not protected underneath the u.s constitution and therefore you can now look at any court case that was deemed uh that was deemed uh a violation of the constitution uh due to privacy and you could, and now you can look at it all and understand that, um, or how do, how do I even put this? Now, every single one of those trials are in jeopardy, including, um, I believe, uh, the right to, um, have, uh, sex with a queer partner. That it's, like, they want to essentially, and by they I mean the conservative Christian right, want to have control over what happens in the bedroom. And they're going to not stop until only married couples 
married straight couples are the only ones left that are allowed to even have sex. I found it um, ironic when I saw a uh, a post where an evangelical pastor, I think, or some fucking bullshit person, was saying that, um, oh, if you don't want to pay for a child, then don't have sex. Okay, so you're making sex a classist privilege? And and like ir- irony is one of the things that, you know when they when they overturn it they said oh it's up to the states to decide and then the day before they said it's not up to the states to decide gun control and then now in the same week the fucking Supreme Court also um, said that a teacher in whatever fucking state it was I don't give a shit but it was a teacher a sport or a sports coach who was holding prayers with his team after games. Um, and many of the students had said that they felt they were coerced into going to these Christian prayers. Um, and yet he said, oh, no, they weren't. They were all there willingly. No one spoke up and said anything. Well, yeah, no shit. They're a fucking kid and, and you're a fucking adult. There's a power dynamic. Um, what, who, oh, man, I, you know, I remember some Greek and Jewish texts that talk about power dynamics and using religion for that. Anyways, um, <laughs> but like now, now the Christian right essentially won the right to pray in schools publicly. Okay, great. Now, are you going to be okay if Muslims pray? Are you going to be okay if Buddhists like? Are you going to pray like if like Satanist Bible Club or that not Satanist Bible Club after school Satan Club meets? Are you going to be cool if you know um, people just do their different practices? If a kid does tarot, like no, you're going to fucking raise fucking all hell and try to attack them. It's just stupid. It's just the fucking Christian right that is continuously doing the same shit it's been doing for the last hundred years, trying to continue to have this stupid-ass power control and try to take control of a government and essentially make us a fa- fucking fascist state. I feel like I'm crazy. I was yeah. really sitting in therapy this week being like, I feel like I am fucking Alex Jones. I feel like I'm mm-hmm. the guy with the fucking tinfoil hat walking around New York City or fucking Portland saying the aliens are coming with this shit it's insane it's it's so it's so different like i I feel like even ever since like 2016 right like when when trump first got elected everything's been upside down all of you fucking assholes at APU and my family who told me that I was insane when I said Trump being elected will literally destroy this country. Y'all can fuck right off. All I'm saying. Yeah, it's it's insane. Anyway, um, I think we're going to cut off our ranting about American bullshit right there. Unless you have one more thing to say. Nah, I'm, I'm over it. Yeah, I'm so over it. Because that's the thing. I'm going to have more stuff next week. In fact, you know what? American Bullshit, you get your own theme song. American Bullshit! Fuck yeah! Alright, that's that's the American Bullshit. Um, yeah, so on 4th of July... Um, oh, this will be after that. But if you... I'm going to wear black. Fuck it. I don't, you're not going to... It's not going to affect you guys. This is going to be released on the 5th of July. So, whatevs. Yep. Yeah, sorry guys. Um, sorry, gang. Fourth uh, of July, just yeah, do what do what you want. It's canceled. Just yeah, Fourth of July is canceled. Just uh, go outside, hang the flag upside down. Uh, get order a black flag, fly that instead. Uh, yeah. We are. I'm. I'm so fed up. I'm yeah. not. There is nothing I want to do 
to celebrate America at its current state. It's everything's so fucked. I'm going to celebrate myself and I'm going to do a celebration of life. Um, and it, by celebration of life, I mean just a funeral. I don't celebrate. Uh, yeah. Anyways, enough on that shit. I think we don't necessarily need to talk about how we're doing because I think we're just angry. Yep. You, you very clearly understand how well we are doing. Um, yeah. I am, I'm actually, uh, um, I'm actually a little bit sorry to, to Molly that like it took us, it, we, it, we had to have the interview right now, you know? I, I wish yeah. that it came either sooner or later when a lot of this bullshit blows over, but, um, you know, um, no time like the present to talk about certain certain things. I yeah. I wish it was under better American circumstances, but here we are. No, Empire will always be trying to take over, and so we will always fight. Yep. Um. You know what Kenneth's been up to? Kenneth has Kenneth been MIA. Fucking Scotus. Yeah, that's right. Kenneth Kenneth infiltrated Scotus and whispered into each of their ears, saying. Please, please, please think of the children. Think of the little itty bitty innocent babies and whatnot. I don't give a shit. We, we don't give a shit about Kenneth this week. No, no, <laughs> we're over it. Everyone's a fucking Kenneth on the right right now. Uh-huh. Everyone's Kenneth for all we're concerned right yeah. now. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, smoke ass. Eat grass. Mm-hmm. Live fast. Uh. Eat, eat out, uh, eat out, uh, I, I oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Go, go be Lilith and go eat someone out. Yeah, be Consensually. Lilith and someone out. Consensually. And legally. I'm, mom, I'm sorry, but yeah. only vaguely. <laughs> yeah, same, same. And now it's time for our Petty Silly Songs with Gabe. When Britain burst at heaven's command, arose from all the azure main. Arose, arose from all the azure main. This was the charter, the charter of the land. And guardian angels sang this strain. Rule Britannia, Britannia ruled the rich. Britons never, never, never shall be slaves. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Angsty Christian Podcast. Please make sure to follow us on Instagram and TikTok at the Angsty Christian Pod. And if you really, really like our show and you want to support us, make sure to go over to our Patreon. Thanks, Mom. Yeah, thank you, Mom. And become one of our backers. And if you would like to email us about literally anything, you hate us, you like us, you want to be with us, whatever, I don't care, email us at angstychristianpodcast at gmail.com. Also realize when I said that, it sounds like you want to be in a relationship with us. Well, two of us are single, but please don't. That's weird. I'll hold your hand.
Anyways. <laughs> Anyways, um, all music is done by Brad Tsushima. He is a homie. Thank you so much, Brad. We love you. Oh no, I'm the first one here again. And Daniel made the mistake of just starting the recording right away. Ooh boy, that means it's time for another rant at the beginning of the episode. Let's get this started with just saying a general, hey, how's it going? Um, maybe I should start it off with some American bullshit. American bullshit. Today on American Bullshit, we're, let's talk about the Supreme Court. Uh, fuck the Supreme Court, man. Or at least five of them. Uh, five, five of those assholes uh, decided to uh, terminate the right to privacy. Specifically medical privacy with the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Um, and honestly, uh, I have, I'm so pissed. As I'm sure a lot of uh, folks out there are actually eligible to give birth are pissed. The reason I'm pissed is because I feel like as someone who is queer, I'm next in the lineup. States could take away my rights to be who I want to be just because they don't agree with me. Um and that's kind of bullshit. And so we're going to I we're going to stay pissed. We're going to stay mad. We're going to stay pissed. Uh, disrespect the system and all that fun shit. Um, hell yeah. Uh, be gay, do crime. Actually, you know what? When I say, usually when we say be gay, do crime. Oh, hi. He's joined. Alright, back to my rant. God damn. Uh, I was gonna say, usually when we say be gay to a crime, uh, like, we really only mean the be gay part, and the be crime part is kind of like an abstract concept, as in, like, you know, like, be a rebel without a cause, without actually, like, breaking any, like, physical laws, but this time, go do crime! Like, um, you don't have to like the system just because, uh, states don't allow you to go out there and, and get abortions. I mean, go get safe abortions uh, in a place that's safe. But uh, go do crimes against your own state. Fuck your state if they ban abortions. Go to a different state and get an abortion. Uh, but do it safely. And hopefully you don't get prosecuted. Love you. I would just like to mention to everyone who may be listening this far, there is an awkward pause in the middle because I joined and stopped the recording, um, not knowing (laughs) Jake was monologuing. So you're welcome. (laughs) Monologuing! All right, that's it for my American bullshit. American bullshit! Yeah! Fuck yeah!